Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. talk show featuring the tandy color computer it's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks and let's rock talk is rocking the 8-bit world keeping the tandy flame alive we may be mocked but we'll never stop because coco talk is rocking the 8-bit world All right, everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Coco Talk Live. This week, we've got a very special guest host for you. It's none other than Nick Moroda, Nick Moroda, Nick Moroda. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tiny flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Why did Coco Talk do that? <laughs> Hello, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Uh, welcome to Coco Talk, where uh, we reached a new low and given me control of the uh, reins. So um, great good to day, have you all. Eh? Great to have you all here uh, on the panel and in chat and, and uh, listening in the future. And uh, so let's uh, let's just go through real quick and do some quick panel introductions. And uh, I'm going off my own list here, so it may or may not uh, coincide with your grid view. But let's start off with uh, Spanish for the Curtis Boyle, L. Curtis Boyle. Hello, everyone. Sorry for the technical difficulties in getting started a little bit late here, but it, we're up and running, hey. so that's good. Hey, like some people, except maybe Jim. We're so like the bride, you try to we're have like, me host. We're like the bride making the groom wait and, uh, for the... Impending wedding, so it'll be well. I thought you were going to say impending doom. <laughs> impending doom as well. Yeah, you can tell who's divorced here. Yes, the impending doom. Doom on the cocoa. How you doing, Curtis? I'm doing doing pretty good. Good stuff. All right. So next we have someone who needs no introduction, so I'm not going to bother. Now after him, <laughs> we have our very own Stevie Strobridge. Hey, Stevie. Good eye. How's it going, eh? Good. How are you? Good. 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 Thank you for giving me this opportunity, and I hope you don't regret it uh, down the road. Never. Now we have uh, one of our more understated, quiet, reserved panelists. That'd be David Ladd. Oh, yes, and I can't <laughs> wait for this show to get started. And how are you, Nick? I am doing very well, thank you. It's Saturday afternoon here, and my favorite time of the week, because I get to spend it with you guys, and... Uh, this is fantastic, so hopefully this goes well. Oh, I can't wait to, because I got floppy toys a bunch here. 
Excellent. Thank you for being here, David. Uh, our, uh, Mark B. Mark Bosley is here. Mark, how you doing? Okay. See what happens when you try to get me to stream? It just falls <laughs> yes. apart. I almost introduced you as our streamer, but he's our backup streamer. Uh, ready to jump in in case of impending doom, but um, Mark is with us today, uh, joining the show, hopefully. Uh, next, we have Ron Delvo. Hey, Ron, how you doing, man? Reiki. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Did you say Reiki? Did I say it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Reiki. That's the Scooby-Doo version. It's the American <laughs> version. <laughs> All right, Ron, thanks for being here. Uh, next up, we have a gentleman who will be speaking to us a little more in a few minutes, but right now, um, introduce yourself, Brendan Donahue. Oh, hi. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me on today. I'm happy to, happy to be here. Thank you for being here. We're happy to have some content. Next, we have uh, Jason, the Coco Man Rykard. Is that right? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. just recently changed the pronunciation of his yeah, last just, name, so we're all getting yeah, used just, to it. Yeah. That's, yeah I've never that's, actually yeah. used your last name before. Yeah. I just realized. Yeah. Ron, Ron Delvo just refers to you as Reiki. So, Reiki. 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 Look at the size of that one. Jason, you've, <laughs> had, you've had yourself a pretty good week in the Cocoa world. We'll oh, yeah. Good, later, good, but, uh, good day, eh? Now, good does day. Nick Morota as host count, as, count for the Canadian content? Uh, uh, requirement. I count twice. Yeah. Actually, thrice. Yeah, that's for the thrice. CRTC ruling. Yeah, he's, yes, he's, count he, yeah, yeah, we count him three times. He's a he's a host, a panelist, and a uh, special guest. So, all right, now, now next up, how are you doing, Pauly T? Hey, I'm good. How's everybody doing? I haven't seen you guys in a while. Yeah. Hey, how's it hanging? Yeah, I'm <laughs> still not seeing you because you're too shy to be on camera. But anyway, yeah, I just don't have any technology to put my face on camera. So that's all right. Nobody is. We will anyway. have it. Thanks for being here, Paul. Next up, we have Thanks. Al Hartman. How Take you doing? off, hoser. Oh, <laughs> hey, respect. No Tim Hortons for you. That's right. Go ahead. Can I say? Can I? Can I say that three times? If you have the compulsion, sure. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Al. All right. Next up, Thank we have you. Brian Weasler. Hello, all. I did. Uh, I did make one observation earlier last week. I saw an issue of People magazine, and I noticed none of us were on the front of the uh, man sexiest uh, uh, award that they hand out every year. No. I think from what I heard, we were all too overqualified. So yeah. <laughs> right. they tried to put us on the cover, but when they printed them, they burst into flames. <laughs> yeah, Cumberland Cumberbatch, whatever his name was, complained, so we weren't allowed to. Uh, yeah. considered. All right. Next up, we have Grant, Greg, Lady. Grant, good to have you here. Hey guys, how's it going? And just let you, let everybody know, I am the sexiest man on this panel. <laughs> right, and man, the most the modest as well. Been, I would have voted most delusional myself, but okay. Yes. You set that bar way high too. That was a, that's a really good uh, good target to aim for. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> From down under, we have our very own Nicholas Morentes. Good day, everyone. Transmitting from that fictitious uh, uh, country called Australia. Yeah. That's right. And the uh, second person on the panel with the sexiest name alive, Nick, right, Nick? That's right. <laughs> that's right. You're going to have to say mine once, though. Next time, we'll make this a Nick and Nick variety uh, show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
we need to find another Nick so we can genuinely have three, we can say Nick three times to three different yeah. people. Nick, Nick, and they have to be from a Commonwealth country too, so we have just right. Commonwealth people. Oh, here. yeah, we do too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right, thanks for being here, Nick. And finally, according to my list anyway, we have Terry Stegi. Terry. Hey, guys, how's it going? It's TDP. Mr. TDP, how you doing? <laughs> Good, man. Hey, uh, I was going to say, actually, Grant and I co-won the magazine award for sexiest man, but it was the blind people magazine. <laughs> <laughs> the Braille edition. The Braille edition, yeah. Number one in Braille. Nice. Uh, congratulations, Terry. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you all for being here. And again, thank you to people in chat for joining us. Uh, apologies for being a little bit late, but uh, we're here now and uh, you can't stop us. So uh, anyway, let's uh, move on to our first segment. Uh, we're going to have, uh, um, sorry, my Brendan Donahue. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah, so you're here to talk for- to us about uh, a little uh, unknown project. Unknown project, yeah. <laughs> we, we we keep these things under wraps, you know. That's right. Yeah. Th- thanks again for uh, inviting me on. So, um, uh, over this past week, uh, I've been working on a release to the FPGA update for Coco VGA. Um, so that this uh, release um, makes it possible for um, uh, users to make use of the upcoming SAN accelerator that. Um, Ed has produced uh, some beta hardware for uh, for us to test and, and play with. So um, basically, that the SAN accelerator uh, enables full double speed mode on a Coco One and Two. Um, Does that work in a Dragon as well? Optionally, uh, I haven't tried it on a Dragon, but uh, you know, as long as the um, you know the, the board and traces are up to it and the the components, um, you know, it may may be necessary to you know replace the PIAs or, or RAM or something like that in those systems, but. Um, has it been tested as, you know, the, for smoke? Uh, <laughs> tested for smoke. I haven't. I haven't tested the dragon for smoke, but uh, but I am using the SAM accelerator, and, um, and uh, so far he has two different versions: one for the 783 SAM and one for the 785 SAM. Um, and I I've been using both. And um, anyway, so at long last, I know he he uh, he mentioned this a good number of months ago, but uh, it's taken me a while to. Uh, iron out a, a couple of um, minor bugs. So this is basically the equivalent of the um, the full double speed poke that you can use on the Coco 3. On the Coco 2, it causes the video to be scrambled and potentially, eventually, your system to crash because it um, it uh, screws with your DRAM refresh. So this works around all of that by simply doubling the clock frequency that's hammered for this. But anyway, that's, that's the most significant part of... Um, you know, of, of this uh, FPGA update. The other aspect is that uh, Per Surratt found uh, when he was creating his VGA game menu software, um, he discovered a bug where we couldn't actually program the Coco VGA registers when we were already in 64 column mode. So I've fixed that issue as well. Um, so, uh, you know, potentially, you know, other than, you know, other than that, the probably one of the more exciting parts of this release is actually more related to the software. Um, so as I mentioned, Perserat has been working on a, um, a VGA menu program similar to uh, what Nick Morenti's had done for the Coco 3. So you could pick a custom set of palette colors uh, before you started your PMO 3 game, for example. Um, so he's put together a palette editor and a, um, 
uh, and he's taken the the character set editor that they use with the uh, AGD games, and he's ported that to output um, Coco VGA character sets as well. Um, and then he's put together a menuing program that lets you, you know, view your list of games and programs and select, you know, uh, whether you want to, uh, which one you want to run, uh, sort of thing. So that is um, is available as part of this release, and is, all the stuff is available on the website. Um, but I guess to be clear, there's only uh, there, there's he's provided two different palette editors, one that works in 32 column mode and one that works in 64 column mode. And uh, the 32 column mode one will work on any you know any Coco VGA um, version. The 64 column mode one is the one where he discovered the bug and of course requires the the most up to date FPGA. Um, and then there's a couple of uh, a couple of other things that came with this. So uh, about a year ago, uh, Carlos Camacho provided a set of uh, you know character sprites, so to speak, uh, to use in the uh, custom character set um, mode of, of Coco VGA. So he uh, you know he said you know hey can you package these up and, and make them available? So uh, so a couple months ago I I did that and then. Um, I wrapped it with a screensaver so the, the characters could run around on the screen and bump into each other and things like that. Um, I demoed that at, at Tandy Assembly. Some of you may have seen it. Um, so that's part of this release, um, and he said those are, those are freely available for people to use. Um, and then, let's see. Uh, and then there are some other things, like um, uh, at uh, Stevie's request, um, I added a feature to the CCV edit character set editor so that we could bring in the palette colors that we actually want to use in our program um, into the editor so we can, you know, see things the way we expect to see them. Um, so that's available on one of the discs. Um, and also he had requested a splash screen, excuse me, that would display a, a VG6 uh, 16 color image, uh, you know, before executing another program. So that's on, uh, on this release as an, as an example demo as well but that's um i know that was kind of quite of quite a, a long laundry list um but that's that's pretty much it um i assume, <laughs> i don't know if there's any questions or or anything about this uh, I, I guess one clarification if you want to upgrade the firmware that you need what is it called to the hardware hookup you need it's to do called that? A, a bite blaster cable um it let's see here I have one here So it looks like this. Okay. Um, and uh, so mine has a, a custom cable on the end. Uh, Ed has designed a um, an adapter, a circuit board adapter that takes the the large header connector to this mini header connector. Um, so um, you know we're working on on making some of those uh, more available. I've I've been asking Ed, uh, talk talk to Ed a little bit, and he said that. Uh, he'd probably be okay with me doing some of the uh, assembly of these um, to potentially make them more available. So I'll um, I'll have to get with him on on how to you know order the circuit boards and stuff like that. Is that so you the would need the, 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 the two pieces then? You would need the uh, you would need that USB adapter and the cable that you're speaking of. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So okay. we were hoping to package it all up together uh, in order to make it available to everybody. No additional, you know, uh, uh, cut 
taken, right? I mean, it would be a, a it's a ten dollar cable uh, for us to to make. Now, is that mm-hmm. also going to be used on the Gimme X that's coming up from Ed too? Like you guys making a con? Yes, uh, I believe that 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 um, Ed uses this interface with the Gimme X, and um, I'm fairly certain he's used it with other. Um, other devices as well, like his uh, RGB to VGA for the Coco 3 um, and, and some other products. So um, it, it would be a, a sort of common interface that could be used on a couple different projects. Okay. And for those that are not comfortable in doing this uh, type of, you know, getting the hardware and plugging it directly into boards and stuff, you also have the option you can bring your Coco to Coco Fest yep. or Tandy Assembly and you, you can do the upgrade for them there. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can mail it to you, correct? Right, right. And you don't have to send the, the whole system. You know, you can pull the board out and just, you know, uh, you know, make sure that the pins are protected. But uh, otherwise, you know, just ship it to me and I can do the update and mail it back. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, this particular update is not um, particularly crucial. I mean, there's, there's, you know, only one piece of software that um, is, is impossible to use um, without this update. However, if you want to get the SAM accelerator, that's when it probably becomes a little more important. Okay, cool. That's, I mean, it's a whole lot, though. I mean, it's a long list of things in this release, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And the nice thing is, is that almost all of it is, is workable. If you already have a Coco VGA, you don't need the firmware update. If you don't have the capability of doing that, you can just download all the new software updates and yeah. and then that's run right. those. And it's only only those two features that require the the flashing of the... FPGA. That's exactly right. So when I made this release, you know, in hindsight, maybe I should have emphasized the software update uh, over the uh, the FPGA <laughs> update. But you know, uh, <laughs> hindsight, right? No. Um, so, yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, I do want to, you know, thank you know some of you guys. Uh, I know uh, Stevie, you know, had some some really good um, you know advice and, and requests for me that you know are are realized here. Uh, you know, yeah, he's annoying that way, but we we love him anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Paris Arat put in a, a huge amount. Oh, of work yeah, on, I've been watching that uh, whole thing progress on Discord. All the updates. Yeah, a lot, a lot of spam on Discord <laughs> between me and him <laughs> yeah. on, on that, um, and and that is all uh, documented on the on the website. How to use his tools to you know build your own custom menu. I mean, he has an example with a number of the games that were on. Um, Rentis, um, you know, version of the the Coco Three version. Um, so it's it's usable out of the box right now. But assuming you wanted to put together your own uh, suite of games and and customize the colors, there's documentation on the website about that as well. Um, and then you know, Carlos Camacho was you know I, I appreciate him providing the uh, um, uh, the uh, character set to you know to get into one of these disc images, and then. Um, and then Ron Klein did a bunch of the testing over this past week, uh, and uh, we found a, a last-minute bug that uh, that I was able to get uh, patched up, so that was good. And um, uh, and then of course you know Ed for for doing all the manufacturing and and designing you know uh, additional upgrades. So anyway, so so thanks. It was definitely a, a community effort. It wasn't uh, wasn't all me. No, it's cool stuff though. It's my it's my my third favorite product. The first being the Coco, the second being the Coco SDC, and now the third being the Coco VGA. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and then my fourth now will be my Joey. We'll talk about that when we get to project uh, updates. So. Right. <laughs> so anybody else have any questions for Brendan? Or? Anything in the chat? Uh, Scott Went was out there, who's also been in the Cocoa VGA channel on Discord. He goes that that's that he has not considered that conversation spam at all, right? So, oh. yeah. Well, but, you know, the good, good news is with Discord, right? If you're not interested in a particular product or whatever, you can just uh, just ignore that channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've muted all the I've muted all the OS nine stuff myself. So, yeah. <laughs> you and Nick Morenti. <laughs> I was wondering why we were having we're such intelligent conversations in there now. Someone's rare. Well, thank you very much for, for that update. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And, uh, yes. It. Yes, so stick around as long as you like. And okay. uh, we are just going to continue on as, uh, as we have been for however long we do. So please uh, feel, feel free to stick around. And I guess uh, I guess now we're going to move on to El Curtis Boyle and the news. Is that correct? Yeah, because that, that actually was one of the news items. But I know his time yeah. is limited. We got Brendan yeah. on as quick as we could. And Thank and you, yeah. and for and for both of you who are watching at home right now, we just want to let you guys know that we've decided to now make the news kind of the first segment of the show rather than the last segment of the show because it always seems that the news gets kind of rushed. Um, so. Just I can still rush it if you want. That's for fine. Just, just for that. So, yes. Then you can listen to us prattle on afterwards if you feel so inclined. But that way we, yeah. get, the, we, get, the, we get the meat served first and then whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Gristle. We're not going to do dessert first. <laughs> okay. And so I need, to, I need to stop sharing now so Curtis can share if Curtis needs to share. Yeah. Okay. I've got actually two different things. I normally just share web browser tabs and stuff, but there's another one. So I'm going to do this a little bit out of order because I'm going to share the other one first. I can. Let me just get it set up here. Oh, Matchy found a newspaper emoji icon. That's cool looking. By the way, Nick Moroder, you're doing a heck of a job hosting today. After we literally threw him on the spot and asked him to host today, zero well, notice. Because you guys tend to uh, yank my chain quite often, I wasn't sure if you were serious, but it's actually really fun. You're doing a hell of a job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and it's such a refresh having you know some new hosts actually, new blood show up to kind of vary the panel a bit too. So, mm-hmm. okay, you guys are seeing that, or yes, we see this. What are we looking at? Okay, this is something that showed up on the Color Computer Archive that uh, Nick and I both noticed, Nick Morentes, um, that we'd never heard of or seen before, though apparently it was written back in 1988 or something, and it's an editor for Gantlet 2. So that's the David Dyes, and I can't remember who else did it, but the DICOM did you know the second version of Gantlet for the Cocoa 3 specifically, and it's actually a board editor where you can edit all the levels and create your own levels and maps and everything else. Um, written in a, a kind of a hybrid of basic and assembly language. But uh, it allows you to go through and select the icons on the right, and you place them on the maps on the left, and then you can switch between boards and all kinds of stuff. So that's this is the example of showing level one. Where you can see the left, you know, nine-tenths of the screen is the actual level itself. And if you've played Gantlet, you'll recognize some of the stuff in there. Um, and then the stuff on the far right is the stuff you can pick and drop. So you can place potions. You can p- pick where the all four of the players, up to four players simultaneously, where they... Oh, that's what the, the four Ps are right there on the lower yeah. left hand? Yeah, 
So you can go through and you can edit your own boards. You can basically create your own entire set of levels and save them to disk, and it'll actually work with the actual Gantlet 2 game. Hmm, interesting. That's so, cool. I, I, anybody who's uh, not seen this before, including me and Nick, I mean, if you guys are into creating levels, I would love to see some of the stuff you guys can come up with. Um, yes. I haven't played you know, Gantlet 2 all the way through, so I don't even know how many levels there are on the original Coco version of the game. Uh, but I, I think the arcade one went into the 50s or 60s. I can't remember the exact number, but you guys can add any missing levels and you know, make entirely new games almost out of it. So, My brother Tim has gotten over 50 in that played back in two- the 80s. But, I, but oh. yeah, we don't know how many is in there either. But they never And they don't repeat either from what we were able to see. Yeah, from looking at this, they're not that big. So, I mean, there's uh, you know, a fair bit you can do with this. That's cool. And you got the you got this menu that you can go through with the keyboard. It's got help and it's got a lot of help. Do you know who made this? Yeah, it's mentioned when you fire it up, it's two people actually did it in nineteen eighty eight. So like here's the editor keys. You've got all this these options here to uh, place things, move the cursors around. You can edit with keyboard or joystick or mouse. That's pretty cool. Wow. An explanation of how the different icons in the far right work. Nice, another use for my mouse adapter. Do you see where it says Epstein didn't kill himself? <laughs> oh, crackies. <laughs> oh, <I'll> just... <laughs> Tim Franklin says that uh, Steve still can't get past level one, even with the level editor. Okay, so, well. Oh, that's cool. That's really yeah, cool. So that's like level three, for example. I just loaded it up. So. I'll finally yeah, get, you go through. I'll finally get a chance to see level two and level three in this game. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you you can view the boards like this, or then you can go in and edit the boards. You'll notice I just did a view here, so you're not seeing all the icons in the far right. So this yeah, shows you yeah. what is occurring. This is the whole map, so. basically. Yeah. So now, is it possible in, on Zoom to switch a share without stopping one, or do you have to stop and then reshare? Honestly, I don't know. Okay, so, I'll just sorry, take quick, stop and start. Go ahead. Quick question, Curtis, uh, about this. So. Um, maybe you said it and I missed it. Is this software something that was written back in the day? Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is this is what they used to actually design the levels. That know. I don't know because the two people's names that are on the program are not any of the people that worked at DICOM. Okay. So I'm so wondering if they kind of hacked it after the fact. But it's uh, the copyright date on this or the release date on it is 1988. And I think Gala 2 came out probably around the same time. So it, okay. it could be somebody just hacked the game and figured out how it worked real quick. Yeah. Or maybe they had some inside track with Dave and I can't remember who the co-author is off the top of it. It's Kevin Hoare maybe or something? Or Dave Shuchin? Or, I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd never seen it back in the day. I don't remember seeing this program mentioned anywhere in Compass or maybe some of you guys in Delphi might have seen it, but it's a, it's a nice little editor. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it is. And it's a good game. I mean, if you haven't tried the game, if you got a Coke 3, go for it. Okay, so now I'll switch my share to my browser. Yeah, that game's well done. Okay, you guys have seen that? We see it. Ace of Argon. Hey, of course, that's the uh, traditional Jim Gary has to have something on every show. <laughs> but is there a maze after every element on the periodic table, or is it just Argon for today? <laughs> <laughs> the maze of helium. It's a really high-pitched one. <laughs> So this is, um, he did Maze of Argon for the MC-10, and he had had a couple updates during the week as it was going. Um, so it's a maze game, and he was talking about, like, the original version was on the VZ-200, I think. And it, 
Nick Renty's out. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that a Australian-made computer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's crikey. right. It's the crikey, <laughs> it's the crikey '89 model. <laughs> yeah, because it had the same VDG chip as we did, so the graphics did, look yeah. exactly the same. Now the difference is here is that uh, that one had a machine language. I think it used a Z80 too. It was a different CPU. Yeah, Z80. <clears throat> yeah, the proper pronunciation. Sorry, thanks for correcting me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he redid the uh, routines to draw the actual walls and stuff here in in BASIC, but he did a pretty good optimized job. It does, does display them fairly quick for BASIC. Yes, absolutely. And he's got the you know the nice you know levels you're switching between <laughs> floors. And what was the comment? Ken Record says the maze of hydrogen is explosive. Now this is really cool. Pretty amazing. And the maze amazing. of silicon is full of implants. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this is like, it's not just a 3D maze escape. You have to find things as you're going and recharge your energy by finding these little energy pods okay. and stuff like that, too. And so it's, it's a fairly robust game as far as, you know, the early 3D maze style games, but it's pretty cool <laughs> and available for download. Crikey, stay away from the maze of methane. <laughs> <laughs> Garden cows. Energy pack. Yeah. That's cool. Uh-oh, here we go. There's uh, David O'Connor. David O'Connor. Crikey. Our very yeah. own. Now, he did a video. Now, he's talked about this before, that uh, second version of the Second Sound DAC. Mm-hmm. That he's got that new version of. So he, does a, he did a quick video here converting on the fly the play command, converting it to MIDI with a bit more of a demo. I don't know how much of this you want to play. Let's hear it. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet myself. It's, it's only seven. Is this loud enough or do you need to be loud? Turn it up. Louder. Crank it. Um, today, I'm going to demonstrate two rather special devices, uh, two prototypes. An older one and a new one. Uh, this one here is called the ACO160. And this one is the DACO160. This is the newer version uh, created by Brian Kaczynski from secondsound.com. What these devices do, I'll just zoom in a little bit there so you can get a better view of them. Uh, actually, let's go even a bit closer. you got to get one of those cameras, Steve. These yeah. convert in real time MIDI. Uh, sorry, they convert in real time audio data coming in through the two audio inputs here there's one on each each unit uh, that's a line input you can also plug microphones in they convert any monophonic audio signal into control voltage gate and uh, envelope analog signals which could be used to control an analog synthesizer and to midi there's a midi plug in the side here and they do it all in real time um, now there's been units on the market uh, over the years that have uh, claimed to do um, audio to pitch, control voltage, MIDI, and some of them do it to varying degrees of success. Uh, the thing with these is their tracking accuracy and the speed with which they do it is just light years ahead of anything that's come before. Now, the ACO160 was the, proto- was the first prototype that Brian designed, Um, It tracks really very well, but it's a little bit glitchy. It's not quite perfect, uh, and its tracking isn't quite spot on. This one here, the new updated, the digital version, or the the discrete, I'm not not quite sure what the D stands for. I'll have to ask Brian. I should have asked before I made this video. (laughs) Anyway, um, the DACO160, these are both evaluation kits, um, it is absolutely spot on. Now, what I've done here, I've written a program for my Tandy TRS-80 Coco. Color Computer 1. Uh, this one's fitted with Coco VGA, 
which gives it a VGA output that I can plug directly into a, 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 an LCD modern Shameful LCD plug. monitor. Shameful um, <laughs> SDC, so I can load programs and save them from an SDC card. It's got all the all the all the updates, all the special features and whatnot. Um, I've created a little program here, just a step sequencer program. I'll just load a directory here. One down the bottom here is called CocoMoog4. Uh, it's just a little step sequencer program that I've written, some software. And what it does, it reads a table of values that I've created, that it loads into RAM, and then steps through each of those values and outputs the notes um, using the play command via the 6-bit digital, digital to analog converter out of the, uh, the Coco One. Now, anybody who knows what Coco One sound is like, the 6-bit the, the DAC out of it is nothing spectacular. And the play command is notorious for being rather sort of artifacty. So it's a really good test for these units to see how well they can latch on. Um, this one here, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's really good, but it actually, the, 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 the Coco can confuse it a little bit. I'll just list, load, blah, <laughs> load up this program. So we'll load CCMOOG4. Uh, oh, I did it not do that. Oh, I typed in three M's. <laughs> three O's. <laughs> Let's try that again. Load CCM. Whoever his editor was is doing a great job. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> program. Tony Short. Just a brief little thing that I've done there. Um, all right. Let's run that. And we turn the high-speed poke on. And we'll make the pause length for value of seven. I've set up a, a, a bit of some effects using my uh, RME interface here i've set up a delay and a reverb which is set to a tempo so i'll uh, make the tempo what i set it to before pause length tempo i'll set to four and uh yeah i press that on there and i press enter on this and we will hear the six-bit dac output directly from the coco okay you can hear there the artifacts in the background it's uh that's the coco uh, in all its yep. glory yeah, 80s computer <laughs> 1980 model computer this one um, let's just zoom in a little closer on that. I'll uh, switch over to the ACO160 right now. And you can hear the audio has dramatically improved. Oh, yeah. Aside from having a little bit of reverb and delay, but the actual pitch is better. But there's a little bit of a glitch at the start. It's not quite perfect. Let's now switch over to the DACO160 and have a listen to that one. This is the onboard oscillators on these too, by the way. It's got its own onboard synthesizer, so we're listening to the actual onboard oscillators here. Um, so yeah, as you can hear, a dramatic improvement with the new one is tracking pretty much perfectly. I can then go over to the, uh, the Moog Mother 32, which I've got here, which is being, uh, uh, being played via the MIDI output from the DACO160. So let's go over and have a listen to that. Oh, wow. Here's the Coco playing into the DACO160. What a difference, huh? Into the Moog Mother 32. He called it a mother. Gosh, that sounds so good now. We just took the Coco and made it sound like something real. That is a beauty, mate. 
And yeah, we've got to make those yeah, <laughs> effects with, our, with my face as the filter opens and closes, as you do. <laughs> yeah, so uh, here we have it. A brilliant unit. Go to uh, secondsound.com, as is written on here. And also go to uh, pulseeternal.com and check out my music. I'm uh, working on an album at the moment using the Coco. Your new album's going to be called Coco Music, quite appropriately. <laughs> and it'll be a bunch of step sequencing stuff using the Coco, using the, the uh, DACO 130 to control my modular synthesizers, which are set up behind me. Um, at the side of the room. I want to hear him put it through that pipe um, organ in the back. Yeah, yeah right. Um, so the first track is already up on my YouTube channel, and there is a lot more to come. So uh, that is these rather special um, audio to MIDI and control voltage gate envelope analog control voltage signals. Brian has done an absolutely fantastic job on these, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, to, con- to continuing work on this new album and getting it out there for everybody. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, that's all for that's now. Super cool. Wow. Yeah. And you know what World the funny thing too is, I think that company Second Sound is like in South Florida. I think they're close to me because I was looking at something on one of his videos, and I was looking at the descriptions, and then I checked the website, and they're like in Miami or somewhere relatively close to me. So that's kind of cool that he. This guy in Australia is using a product that's being made in almost my backyard, you know? Yeah. He, mu- he must have the father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, I mean, th- this, th- those, the audio effects he's getting out of the Coco using this hardware, I mean, it just makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Oh, it's, no. It's amazing. It's, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to his, his next album. And, uh, yeah, this is just really a really cool demo. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's already started recording the new album using the Coco with this, this hardware. So yeah. yeah, yeah. See, this was this was the music I always wanted to get out of my Orchestra ninety when I, you know, when I transcribe, you know, sheet music onto onto it, you know, back in the day. But uh, you know, now it seems like maybe it'd be possible with this uh, four hundred dollar adapter board. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully the price will come down as they, you know, keep advancing it. Mass production. Hopefully so. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's fascinating. And and like Brendan, I'm also looking forward to the new album. Could you imagine Nightmare Highway with that kind of soundtrack? (laughs) Nightmare Highway. Especially on the Coco VGA, you can change the palettes too. Yeah. Okay, so uh, my side diversion projects of upgrading, you know, older games with six zero nine optimized, you know, just a routine or two to speed them up, and and doing six eight zero nine optimizations if it's possible because I'm doing this stuff in place. I can't make a routine larger without a lot of mucking around. I did one more this past week for Russian Assault, another DICOM game, and uh, David Ladd was kind enough to do a merge version where he's got uh, the far left is the original stock version you would have bought back in the day. The middle one is the six eight zero nine version, which is about five maybe 10% faster. And then the 609 version on the far right, so I'll just uh, play a little bit of that through. And there's a scrolling speed once again that's oh, yeah. increased. Big time. Yeah, obviously the one on the far right is the best. <laughs> I like brand Z. <laughs> Even the middle one's a little bit faster, so it'll be a bit smoother for you people that yeah. still have 6809s. 
trying to show some six and nine love and uh, yeah, a, a later. Awesome. Yeah. The later part of the story here, I'll, I'll show the Facebook link for it later. Paris Surratt, who also did a lot of the Coco VJ stuff that Brendan was talking about has converted this one over the dragon. Apparently they, they never had this game on the dragon before either. So now they have six through nine and six, eight or nine versions on the dragon as well. So that's cool. And he's, I think he even added the option to add in, you can choose like a green screen background. Cause of course this would all show up as black and white, you know, lines. Anyway, I won't play the whole thing. No, that's cool. So, yeah. So, I'm definitely going to want to get this from you. Maybe we'll do a review, review of this tonight when I get my Joey going, too. Yeah. There's some of the trucks and stuff in the later levels. But, anyway. So, that's cool. available on um, Facebook right now. I think it's already on the Color Computer Archive, too. So, feel free to go download those. Okay. Hey, next up. Uh, Jerry Stratton has released a version of Rainbow Check Plus. Now, if you guys remember back in the days of Rainbow, um, when you had to type in program listings all the time. They introduced a thing called Rainbow Check Plus, which basically did a checksum. And then every so many lines you typed in, you'd hit the up arrow, I think it was. This would run in the background. It's like a TSR. And they would do a checksum of the code you typed into that point. And then you'd have this number you'd look in Rainbow. And they had, you know, every so many lines. And you'd have this four-digit hex value. And if it matched, then you knew that your code was good and you could continue typing. And if it was wrong, well, rather than typing the whole program and figuring out something went wrong, you could just look through that last little bit and figure out what lines you'd screwed up. So he... Uh, has made a version here that runs from Perl. Um, and it requires the disk, ex- uh, the DECB utility from the toolshed package, which has ways to convert files between OS9 and disk basic images back to PCs or Macs or Linux or whatever. So it actually will run on the disk image and actually do the rainbow check plus on it live. And while you're typing stuff in, if you have you know, shared file handling. So you actually have a utility now. You can actually do those. And as he pointed out, I think, on the Facebook post, he mentioned, I, I don't know if I'm the only one who still types in stuff by hand for Rainbow, but uh, you have that option if you want to you know, help you catch your mistakes as you go rather than trying to pour through 32K of code. All right. So help me, help me bring this all into perspective. So the, I'd never used this program, but this was basically a utility that did some type of checksum on yep. the basic code and you could compare what you were typing in to what the software said it should be, right? Um, so how, what did it do? Did it just add up all the token values and everything in the line yeah. and come up with a hash based on that? And if you did it right, your hash would match and, you know. Six yeah, plus. that's exactly exactly correct. And if okay. you look on the little sample on the screen where it says checkpoint checksum. Okay. The checkpoint would be the line number in the basic code, and the checksum is whatever it would report when you hit the arrow okay. key. Okay, okay. So if you typed in lines 1 through 7, or say it was 1, 3, 5, 7, or whatever it happened to be, once you completed that, you'd hit that arrow, and if you got 2, 8, then you knew, okay, I've got it right. And if it was wrong, well, then you just have to look through those seven lines of code. And was it. this program, like, giving you something on screen where you could see it at all times? How did you – what did it look like when you were it, running it, it on a Cocoa? Basically, you load MD, exact it, and then it just came back to the OK prompt. And then I think I think it was the up arrow? Or down arrow, sorry, actually it says on the screen there, duh. When you hit the down arrow, it'll give you what the current checksum is. It'll go calculate your program. Okay, okay. As it's so it's kind of like a terminate stay resident type program yeah, that exactly. was always Just there. Up. And then on demand, it would pop up something on your screen to let you know how you were doing. Yeah. Okay. So this is like a modern cross-assembler version of that where you can work on your PC. Exactly. Doing your typing and now still get that checksum going. So that's kind of neat. It's a neat implementation of an old tool and a more of a modern setup. Yeah. Yeah, I used this tool when I was a when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I, I did too. Say, um, yeah, I think my my big complaint with the version that was in the Rainbow was, you know, like if I had 
one too many spaces or not enough spaces, and it didn't exactly met, match the um, you know the, yes. the program <laughs> listing, then then my checksum would be off, and I'd be digging through it trying to figure out, oh, where did I where did I make a you know important mistake? But um, I don't. Yeah, know. it could be like you put two colons or two spaces or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something because those are all matter, tokens, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, just interesting. <laughs> just yeah, my two that's cents. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Rainbow did two versions of it. They did the Rainbow Check, and then not too long after, they did Rainbow Check Plus, which did some improvements to it. And then they kept that right until the Rainbow ended, I think. So it was a program written back in like 81, 82 or something. So. And this did this on a line-by-line basis? So whatever the last, nine, the last line you typed in, you would get a checksum just on that? Or was it a running total on your entire running program? Total. Running total of your entire program. Yeah. Running total. So that's so, why we type the program in order and up to the line numbers at each check. Okay, so in this case here, like seven. if you were on line 7, your checksum would have been 208. By the time you get to line 15, though, or I'm not I'm not sure I'm... I'm yeah, no, you're right. That's exactly right. So you type in lines 1 to 7, and then you'd hit the down arrow and see if your checksum matches. Okay. They, they didn't want to do it every line number, because if you saw some of the big program listings in Rainbow, they were hundreds of lines. Okay. Long. So, so you take pages just to print the checksum list. So they didn't do that. They did it so in batches of you know ten lines or five okay. lines depending on the program. Gotcha, gotcha. And you did this in Perl. Yeah, I thought that was Rondelvo's dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bark sum. That's the yeah. difference. <laughs> Hi, right, this next one here, Sheldon McDonald, who's uh, we've had some stuff guesting on here before. Um, as a YouTube video demonstrating an audio jack hardware modification to the Game Master cartridge and also the latest update to his committee software. And it also demonstrates there's some audio interference you get when you're using the joystick simultaneously with the GMC because of the slip, flipping of the PIA between reading joysticks and then writing to the, the uh, Game Master cartridge. And it gives you a little bit of a buzz kind of noise in the background. And when he added a separate audio jack on the GMC itself... That's totally eliminated because now it's not going through the cocoa and you know getting all this warbly static okay. in the background type of thing. Um, I can't remember exactly how far into here that would be. Underneath the clock. Is that loud enough, okay. by the way? Or we can hear it. Yeah. The ground over, and I've patched the audio line over. Now, my connector that this goes guy's a into, smart guy, man. To the jumper yeah. is protected with. A, a one UF capacitor, okay, and then it goes to. It's funny too. Some people gave him heck for you know, filming it. And the reason you're going <laughs> to yeah. want a uh, capacitor on there is because when you plug a uh, an audio line in, you temporarily short it, and this could potentially um, wreck something on your computer. Okay, so uh, a cap uh, will protect that. Anyway, I won't play the whole thing, but okay. there's uh, he's so, got kind of the the background of what he was trying to fix and explaining what, how his fix works, and 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 kind of you know mentioned to John that if you could add the option of the audio output jack there, it would help eliminate that buzz for everybody else too. Yeah, so so the way that cartridge is designed right now is it's designed to only send audio back through the cartridge line and coming through the normal Coco sound channels, right? So Yeah. You, um, and, and because and, that's going through a PIA that has to flip between inputs and outputs. If you're reading the joystick, it's the same PIA that does the sound. So you have to flip that PIA back and forth between the two that you can't do both simultaneously, and that's where mm. that little noise comes in. I know mm. some Dragon people have mentioned that they've, they've hit that too for the exact same reason. Hmm. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, and, and Ron DeVoe, you might 
want to tell us the backstory and how how this well, got uh, he, he sent it to me on uh, Facebook, you know, as a private message. And I said, well, why don't you post this in like a color computer group? And he goes, should I? I go, yeah, everybody <laughs> needs to see this. So he did. And then I went ahead and uh, encouraged him to, you know, talk about it. So he did. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So this this is basically, it's it's uh, an upgraded version of the Nocan 3 that I've shown it at Cocoa Fest before. Which was the eight meg Nocan. It has a you know high uh, an actual hardware serial chip, hardware parallel chip, uh, clock doubler circuit, and then I had eight meg of RAM in mind. Well, this is the later reversion he did that actually has sixty four meg of RAM on it. Wow! Which you can see up at the top there. All all, all those old uh, Sims, right? The old Sim memory, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, thirty pin Sims. And he, he he was mentioning like how long it took to format a sixty two meg <laughs> from RAM yeah. drive, <laughs> Coco. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this is kind of showing his development system back in the day too. This is around the ninety four ninety five. This is when he was going under the uh, oh, what did he call himself? Not on Saturday night, I think was the name of his pseudo company is, that did this. This is his brain on Tang. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see like you can barely make out there's a Coco circuit board there. <laughs> Underneath the Nocan 3, which has the hardware serial, hardware parallel, and the 64 yeah. mega RAM. And then he's got the old Bob Puppo XD keyboard interface plugged directly into the Coco. So it actually comes out and you have an XD keyboard. And he's got his three floppy drives hooked up to that with a custom floppy drive controller did that handled high density disks. You could do 1.44 meg, three and a half, 1.2 meg, five and a quarters. Two IDE compatible boards with three hard drives hooked up simultaneously. Crazy man with his own custom triple Y cable coming out of the side, so he didn't even have a multi pack and all this triple Y cable. Yeah, isn't that kind of like a W W cable? (laughs) Yeah, you could, I guess, call it a W cable, or or if you plug it in upside down, it's an M cable. M cable, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, you've seen probably uh, he did a few months back, he did photos of the same system a little bit later when he put it all into an XD case so it didn't sprawl over his desk like this, but. Yeah, he was quite the hardware guru back in the day. I would say he still is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But he, he pushed the hardware limits, I think, far beyond anybody else back at this time. So there you can see his, you know, his triple Y or WM cable, whatever you want to call and it. The his, custom, his custom flappy controller and two hard drive controllers. It's beauty, eh? Yeah. A bit mm-hmm. of a better view of his Nocan 3 plus the, uh, the custom little board for the... Um, XT keyboard interface that Bob Puppo designed, I think. I can't remember who sold it back then. Frank Hogg, maybe. There's nothing shorted out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? I think, I think he doesn't he have a PC power supply, too. Oh, probably. Hooked yeah. up to it. Because yeah, it looks I don't like think the, co- the back left-hand corner there is what it looks like an old... The, uh, poor, the poor little cocoa power supply would be going... <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, looks like the, that looks like the uh, P8 and P9 motherboard connectors and some Molex connectors and stuff there. It looks like the old uh, XT-style uh, power supply connector. Yeah. Yeah. But this this is what hardware hacking was really like back in the old days where you just made a whole mess of stuff and, and almost nobody else had it because it was all custom-made. Yeah. Ah, Ken Reichard's asking if any dilithium crystals were involved in the... Uh, <laughs> no, they were trilithium. The dilithium was on the regular Y cable, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. That is cool. It's a hot mess, but it's a high-tech, cool, hot mess, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, this is Pierre Surratt a- announcing that he did the port of the uh, Russian Assault for the Dragon. Yeah. Uh, Dragon 64 only because it requires 64K, so... 
Sorry, Dragon 32 users, unless you have an upgrade installed. But he's already got those up for upload now, or download on Facebook. And I That's think that cool. might actually be on uh, Color Computer Archive. I will mention, I do plan on doing some more of these in the future, though I'm going to try to concentrate on EOU for the next while. That was my diversion. And Oh, David, get out of here. <laughs> 60, 6809 as well, Curtis? Yeah. Or? yeah, 6809 Dragon. That's the optimized version, too, so it runs a bit faster than the original Cocoa version did, plus the 6309 optimized version. So basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to encourage people to get 6309s because it's such a nice chip. There's a bunch of extra features. A lot of the other 8-bit computers here have all these accelerators, like the 6502 has these massive accelerators. This is a legal accelerator because it's just an upgraded chip, and it also is period-specific for the people that are kind of, you know, want to keep the Cocoa specific to the time period it was built in. I know we've had that. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to start. Kick Facebook, I hate you. <laughs> Stevie Stroke, uh, kick, that, kick that clown off. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> David, you're a bad influence on me. <laughs> Oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> Every Ron DeVoe said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could send messages to each other on our Coco? <laughs> I take it back. I, I take it back. Yeah. Uh, so from now on, all the news stories will be through YouTube only. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Curtis. I couldn't help it. Sophomore, Tanya. Too yeah. sophomore. Now, hey, I think... What was I saying? Oh, six zero nines. Um, but basically, those are period-specific, because Hitachi got licensed by Motorola to produce a 609 as a low-power CMOS chip. And I've actually gotten a copy of the Hitachi catalog from 1986. Or 85, sorry. So the, the chip was announced even before the Coco 3 came out. Now, in Japan, they didn't reveal all the secret stuff they hid in there until 1988. And we didn't hear that until 1992 in North America. But the chip is from... It, it could have been in the Coco 3 if Tandy decided to use a low-power version of the chip from Hitachi. We could have had this chip the whole way long. So this is not some modern FPGA version of anything. Yeah, this is actually yeah. period-specific. If they would have socketed to CPU, this would have been a no-brainer. Yeah. That's what's keeping people... Well, what I really wish... I mean, I know Frank Hogg had, had mentioned, too, that if we'd known about the 6309 when he was designing TC9, which was like 90-91 type thing, then we could have had the TC9 stock with 6309 in it, too. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, if Tandy had just happened to pick it because they wanted lower power, they could have picked it in 85, 86 when the chip was first released. And, and then we could have got this free upgrade, basically, if once you know, all the secret stuff is revealed. So, another lost opportunity. Yeah. What's the secret stuff? The, the enhanced commands? Yeah, enhanced commands, the native mode, um, extra registers, uh, extra... IRQ manipulation. So back then, you just hardware error trapping. There's a ton of stuff. Yeah. So back then, you thought we thought that the 6309 was just a pure clone of the 6809. Yeah, we thought it was a, a lower power. We knew that they said it takes 10 percent of the power of a 6809. You know, one one yeah. tenth of the electricity. So that was that was the big selling point. It was a low power version of it, and it was capable of going three megahertz officially. Motorola maxed their 6809 at two megahertz, and Hitachi officially went to three and three and a half. Do you think Tandy had some sort of agreement with Motorola that prohibited them from? Probably because they did the whole Motorola references on the Cocoa One, so maybe they did. I don't know. I honestly don't know. All right, this next one here. This is a a game review of the Dragon 32, and it's got one of the weirdest names of a game I've ever seen. It's called The Revenge of the Alien Bongo Beast in the Chrissy Crossy Lines Dimension. (laughs) (laughs) Which, okay. Uh, on, on the actual game screen, you'll see that they just, uh, you know, abbreviate it. But it's actually a pretty decent arcade game. So I will skip ahead. Shorten to Rotab. 
and the right tab is what the nickname of it is. the alien bongo beast from the Chrissy Crossy Lines dimension. Are you ready for the storyline? And we're going to skip the storyline because it's kind of silly. And I'll find you. No, no place for silliness in this show. Crisscrossy lines dimension. No, there's the crisscrossy lines coming up. Yep. Okay. <laughs> there's well, a high yeah, score. Whatever. Let's um, press fire on the joystick. Ooh, yes, joystick. Blimey. Keyboard or joystick, um, if you want to do it. And I have seen this one on the Coco. This was originally on the Dragon, but I have seen and played it on the Coco, so this one has been ported. I heard a new word called blimey. Is that a? That's not new. That's not that new. No, that's a British term. Uh, Whatever there is one. No, yeah. we don't. We don't use it here. Limey, governor. I, I think you would call it rhymey. Um, uh, so. True. Kind of like Reiki. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's the neck? Do they, do, do they say blimey in Australia? No, we okay, say crikey. Well, crikey. <laughs> oh, oh wait, I was going to show. Oh, that, that looks really cool. Play game and see, eh? Yeah, the little 3D look when you start. No. Oh, look at the that. That's yeah, that's really cool. neat. Yeah. Little eye candy. Right, I just crashed into the. That's yeah, I'll skip ahead because he played really poorly at the beginning here. Maybe Joe repeatedly okay. died. Maybe he saw Stevie's videos and wanted to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I like the explosion animations, they're really good. Yeah, and it's got that acceleration where you gotta, like, you don't instantly switch yes. on the dime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's a kind of feeling of inertia. You got a radar map on the right, and you've got some of those boss chips you got This is neat. Okay, that's that. That's neat. This is only on a dragon right now? He even has a static screen when you die. Yeah, look at that. Look like you, yeah. yeah. Is this, so this is only dragon right now? No, it's on the Coco. It's on the archive. I've played it. Oh, okay. Revenge of the Alien Bongo Beast and the Chrissy Crossy Lines Dimension. <laughs> Chrissy Crossy. <laughs> yeah, say it right. It's like Timey Wimey from uh, Timey Wimey from Doctor, Doctor Who, Who yes. I knew. Let's see if I can find where he gets okay. to the That is boss. really well done. It is. There's different alien ships as you go past levels and stuff, too. It kind of dingle dangles there, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you like the Chrissy Crossy, what they got going on there. Damn it. One life remaining. Kill all the generators again. Care if it's the second game or his third game where he actually you know, starts blowing up the little. It, it has a little bit of a flavor of Stellar Lifeline because there's a convoy of these yes, things. That you, yes, yes, and you have to destroy things, right? certain things and stuff. Yeah, and the radar. So, yeah, there is some a, a little bit of a uh, like a Bosconian feel to it as well with the... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty cool game. I mean, if you guys yeah. haven't tried it because it's one of those ones that's very... Oh, that's neat how the bomb has like this little homing oh, missile. Oh, the, what is that guy? Is that like the... Uh, oh. That's like your basic, you know, huge guy. I think he did hit him a couple times on his third game. I don't know huh. if it's possible to destroy him. I haven't, I haven't got that far myself. That's either. really cool, and I love the staticky effect right. at the end there. The yeah. get into Hall of Fame bit. And this is one that's designed to be black and white. So and it I mean, says it on the screen there. Get into Hall of Fame bit. Get into Hall of Fame bit. That's brilliant. Even- I've heard. You can even see the uh, PAL artifacting. See that purpley? Yeah, the purpley lines, yeah. the vertical. Lots of exclamation yeah. marks. But for those of you who have like a CMA to, you know, and you know a lot of the games Where for composite I? don't have color because Where of the lack of artifacting. I mean, this one's designed to be black and white. It'd probably look better on a straight oh, CMA. Yeah. This is a neat game. So I'm happy about yeah. that. Pretty cool. I liked it. Oh, are you kidding me? Where would you find this in the uh, archive? I think it's called Raw Tab. No, I mean, would it be in games? Would it be? Oh, it's definitely a game, yeah. Okay. Jet just set added, willing. Was it just added recently? 
No, I played. I played it like literally years ago. Oh, okay. So I, I had it way back. You need to explore that archive more. Did I see but, that this is written by Stuart Orchard? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's and he's working on one called Return to the Beast. I was going to say that did remind me of Return to the Beast, his current project he's working on. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Zevius style cool. game. Right? Still yeah. So this one's Jet Set Willie. This is a cross-platform game. Uh, this is the Dragon version of this guy. Did a long play review. I'm not going to play it all. We've kind of seen it before, if you guys remember wandering through but he since he actually knows what he's doing a little bit there's a fair bit of the levels shown i won't play it but if you want to watch it's a half hour video very cool it looks like a shaver razor blade there don't it yes it does it does yeah i was gonna say it does look like a razor blade yeah yeah and there's like toilets with flapping lids and all kinds of stuff in that game so wow (laughs) kind of game i like lord of the dragons (laughs) don't we have a guy in our community named lord dragon (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we do. And this is part of the uh, the weekly Petsass Gym 1, Dragon okay. 32, and 64 video game collection. So this mm-hmm. is a, a basic game with an interesting way of presenting your map in a low resolution. It's similar to the Rogue when you're in a darkened room. Okay. Remember, it has that kind of a shadow effect that follows you around. And get out of your head. So I won't you know, read all the directions here because that's kind of boring. Directions are for losers. Yeah. Uh, Have you tried the Brave browser yet? Sorry, what? The Brave browser it doesn't do ads. Oh no! I should, I should maybe should try it. Try it, yeah. So you can see it's kind of going slowly across, but as he's walking across, it's only showing the area that's lit up around you. Okay. And it drags the shadow back. Like here's a set of stairs. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I I wish he hadn't done all the little beep 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 sound effects in between. Each. But it's, in a, it's a rather interesting way, because, I mean, I've seen Rogue do this, but as far as, like, a Coco Love 1, 2, Dragon 32 level game, I've never seen anything try that attempt, especially in basic. This is where David O'Connor's soundboard will really... Yes. <laughs> now it'll sound awesome. It'll sound like Van Halen. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a cool game. I've never seen that one before. So Yeah, that's neat. Interesting little hybrid. This is called Legit, as you can see on the screen here. And then this is also a cross-platform. I didn't get a chance to check what other platforms it was on. but And you've got option of you know various ways you can pick certain key combos to do your controls. Oh, you got to jump through the gaps. Yeah, and then work your way up to the top. I, as far as I know, that's not a clone of arcade game. I don't think I've seen one like that. Have you, Stevie? Mm, not that I can think of right now. Um, there was a mini game in one of the Assassin's Creed games I played that was like this, but it was uh, vertical, not horizontal. Okay. Oh, you can't jump too high. Seems yeah. like it'd be a pretty easy concept to implement, though. Yeah, but that's one you could probably do in basic. You could, yeah, you especially like on the Coco BGA or something. Yeah. Now, Davey Mitchell's mentioning he used to play Legit Tough but Fun. Okay. And then earlier, Amigos of Retro Gaming was mentioning that uh, the, the Jet Set was a very tough game on the ZX and a sequel to Manic Miner, and it's a very tough game on the Coco, too. I have a bunch for that. I've played it, too. Oh, now, of course, you can't get trapped. Oh, you can yeah. rap. Yeah. Okay. No. So you can rap. And if that keep too long, you can butt the, your head against the ceiling. The jumping part <laughs> sucks, though, huh? That would piss me off. If I, 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 I imagine you're supposed to just tap the key and then you'll hopefully okay. just go up. I don't know. I've never tried. I haven't tried first. Okay. Usually would have quit by now. Yeah. 
Here's another one. Uh, this Blabby. one's Blabby. Blabby computer games. Yeah, Blabby had a lot of Dragon stuff. So Laser Run, as far as I could tell, I think it's a basic, other than the music routines, I think. And it kind of reminds me of Advanced Star Trench Warfare, if you guys have seen that Coco game. Except lower res, so it has more animated frames, so the animation looks a bit smoother than that one, because I'm basically just flip between two versions of the tunnel, or not tunnel, but the thing you're flying through. Oh, watch, out the Disney, watch out for the Disney lawyers. The trench. Your first mission. By, by the way, I was wondering if uh, David O'Connor's MIDI device would help Nick Marota's ukulele playing. <laughs> All right, where's that? Where's that kick button? <laughs> Hypothetically speaking. Oh, I thought we were friends. Oh, okay. You yeah, that's definitely basic. Wrong. Yeah. So he's probably doing P copy to to alternate the two color things to for the. Yeah, or he's doing a P mode or a page changing the page number and just flipping through yeah. and drawing on each one unseen. Like I said, it's, it's like Star Trench Warfare, except Star Trench Warfare used P mode four with artifact colors and only had two scenes. Like your your grid yeah. was only two flipping back and forth, so it kind of lost the motion effect. This one actually has a several, so it actually does have the motion effect. Probably. You got one. Got two. Okay. Yeah, a little choppy, but it's very um, it's a very ambitious thing to do in basic, and I think he pulled it off pretty well. Yeah, I have to agree. If he gets that Sam doubler there, it'd be pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. This one's called Laser Zone. And this is a dragon port of a Jeff Minter game as well. With a bit of annoying sound. An awesome idea by... Jeff Minter. Hmm. He's quite famous game writer from England. I did... Yeah, I think he still works today, actually. So let's get ahead to the gameplay. Fast forward to a part that's not boring. <laughs> and the oh, show's over. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, look at that. Neat. Ooh, oh, this is like very neutroid looking right now. Yep. I believe permissions were not asked here. I don't know. It says 1983. That's before neutroid. Ah, so. okay. Nick, Nick, were you sneaking some other guy's ideas there? <laughs> it's very different game. <laughs> that's kind of that's an interesting concept where you have to shoot from different angles. Yeah, you kind of have to wrap your brain around that. Yeah. Bad news zone, Gunner. Laser zone. ZZ. Yeah. So each axis on your joystick controls the separate yeah. ships. You have to do both simultaneously. Yeah. And it's doing a hell of a job too. I have to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd almost swear this was a Stevie Stroh playthrough. Or something. I was going to say Stevie. <laughs> yes, I smell a rage quit. Uh, <laughs> Keys of Wrath. Oh, is this a David Lee Roth game here? I, I, I call this a strange little graphical adventure game. Okay, the Keys of Wrath. By Tony Nuttall? Sure. Okay. I don't pronounce uh, UK English, so... Skill level from beginner to plain reckless. Ooh, let's Come do on, reckless. We're in a commonwealth. Yes. Let's fast forward a little bit. So basically, you just it's like a choose-your-adventure oh. style. You get a couple little things Is that Pac-Man? From... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's Looks why I said like strange. <laughs> Pac-Man's riding a cat? What's going on here? 
You're smelling the butt of a cat, it looks like. So. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for the pellets. I, I have a feeling this game was created while on acid. That's all I have to say. This looks like the update to Oregon Trail. So. <laughs> yeah. You, you find something before a huge tree with a door in it. The door is locked. How do you try to open it? You kick, it kick it or, or bang, bang on it. Bang. <laughs> what do you guess will happen? Oh, that's neat. Okay. So this is obviously using basic, basic and paint and stuff. Pac-Man, so Pac-Man is going is to gonna... bang on the door. <laughs> bang it, Pac-Man. You can do it. I have faith in you. Come on. Okay. And Yeah, I don't know what happened there. All right. So... Uh, <laughs> Apparently, banging the door was... There, there he's kicking it. Hey! <laughs> the door opens. You go down in the steps, and it slams shut. Oh. Hey, Tim Franklin. Oh, that's cool. That's cool yeah, perspective. It's, an interesting concept. it's got, a, it's got, yeah, some, it's got yeah. some perspective to it there. Yeah. I mean, of course, being a Pac-Man, you can't go wrong with that, no. right? No. Not Looks at all. like he's sleeping. Yeah. I think he's just blotted, zipped. You know, he's just... You know. Okay. Key of Roth. I is a kite. No. You wander along a damp tunnel. Oh, that's like a damp tunnel. A leather sandal. Yeah, whenever I find random footwear on the floor, I typically try to pick them up. So. <laughs> well, this is the game for you, then. Yes. <laughs> Hard on. You may ignore it or pick it up. I can't ignore that sandal. It's calling to me, man. <laughs> Pardon? Pardon? It's French. Pardon? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's neat. That's different. Play, play it. Play it. Play it yourself. It's pretty good. This is like MST3K. Of- uh-huh. right. Mountain of Ket. Yeah. Now, this is called um, Ket Trilogy because it's actually three games. And I, I know we had some graphical games that had multiple parts. Like I know Sundog did a few that, that spanned several chapters that you would buy separate games for. I don't know too many done text-wise. Uh, so this is one actually that you basically play each game through and then you all continue on the next the next one. Is this so loading from tape? Everything in the Dragon pretty well <laughs> from tape. Oh. <laughs> and he picked the alternate color set for the text, which was kind of neat. Okay. Not too many games did that. And you have you know abilities and stuff too. But basically, it's a text adventure game. Okay. I I won't go through them all. I did have them all loaded up here. But the first one's called the Mountains of Ket. The second one's called the Temple of Ran. Oh, not to be confused with the Temple of Ram. Right. Exactly. That's a video ram there, ram. So. And then the uh, final mission. The final mission. Space. The final frontier. All right. You're in a dark and dank cell. There is no light. Stay from a low down. Yeah. Dark and dank. Yeah. So, yeah, if you like text adventure games, it's, it's a pretty long-spanning storyline across three different games, so that's kind of cool. It's a trilogy. Yeah. What shall we do? The final mission score is 1%. We are near a door in Easton's eight-foot-tall made of thick oak. There's a glass window above it. Kick window. Okay, you hit it. Big deal. Oh, wow, it's got, <laughs> it's got an attitude. Big deal. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Hmm. Anyway, play the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Now, this, this was a surprise find that I showed Nick last night because I had never seen this one before I heard of it. Another and it's a game that I wish we had on the Coco. So this was one I wanted to port over. I like the title screen so far. Blabby Computer Games presents Kama 
car kamikaze. kamikaze, like kamikaze, but kamikaze, huh? Karma, 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 chameleon. That does have some multi-voice music, but you recognize the arcade game there? This is the, um, yeah, the, yes. I don't remember the name, but yes. Rally X. Rally X, yes, okay. Yes, neat. You got the flags, you got the smoke bombs. You can leave the smoke trails, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like Megabug. You got these impossible mazes. (laughs) (laughs) I see the uh, the chat room uh, stormed in with uh, Rally X to the owner. Yeah, yeah. I was I I knew the game. I couldn't come up with the name. It was not on the tip of my tongue. As as far as I know, the Coco never had one of these. Ported. Okay. So the Dragon oh. got one. So this is really? one we're going to be moving over. Unless somebody mm-hmm. else knows of one that I've missed. You need some gas. I can't there. believe that. It's... Yeah. I think you're right, though. You guys leaving a fart trail behind him there. Yes, so. for sure. I'm going to skip ahead where he goes to level two just so you can kind of see the... Oh, yeah, I get to see level two. Yeah. Yeah. Burning oil. Like he's at this point, he's got one flag left to get. And you have to get fuel and everything else if you guys haven't played Valley X. There's a few things to do. Okay. Hey, Brendan. Brendan says he has to go. Thanks for being here, Brendan. Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Thanks, guys. Bye for now. Yep. Thanks for the update. Yay, he got the last flag. It's a bit of a musical interlude, and then... Oh, and it changed colors. Yeah. It's like Miss Pac-Man, different color mazes. Oh, wow, those cars got really mm. pissy on level two, didn't they? Yeah. Here, the engine wow. came out. Oh, I like that explosion. <laughs> It's missing the radar display from Rally X. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. That's true. And now we have the uh, the DAC noise. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. It's called Kamakarzi. Kamakarzi. Okay. Yeah. So that is one I, I have not seen on the Coco before, so I don't know if it needs patches and able to run. Uh, I will eventually, once the use out of the way, I will um, switch that one over. And depending on how they did the scrolling, I might be able to speed it up too. So we'll okay, yeah, that was neat. That was cool. This one's called Jump Jet. Uh, this is a basic ML hybrid. The sound routines are done in ML, and it tries to do speech with very, very, very compressed sound samples to try to fit it into 32K. Okay, so they're pretty well almost unintelligible. Mm. Kind of like our show. Yeah, exactly. That's what we we're can more, say, that we had to do super compression to fit it under 32K. I'd say we're more of a two-bit show. Plot briefing. Defend airships. Oh, back it up. That was just the speech part there. Airstrip. Oh, you want to back it up? Just, just a hair. Yeah. That's where they started talking. Okay. So worth it. I think it belched. Yeah, who needs a speech sound pack? I was going to say it's a, just a smidge below the speech sound pack, but not far. Is it considered cruel and unusual to make fun of a software based speech impediment? Probably. Uh, <laughs> You're being a machinist or humanist. Yes, I'm making fun of. 
wow. they press start there. So this this is one down. of the few times I wish my ears did not work. Um, she kind of sounds like the Berserk speech. It's not that. It's worse. It's worse. Yeah. There were software speech synthesizers, like there was uh, Speak Up, for example, by Computize that actually did a better job than this. Attack. I mean, it's cool that they got it in there. So you yeah. got to give them props for that. It just that is that is an effect that did not hold this did not hold up well. In the, Pretty good. The, the test of time. Be, let's pretend yeah. it's 1981 and we'll be impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Back then we would have been. All right. What the hell is this? It's a this puzzle is called game? Jigsaw. Yeah. It basically make jigsaw puzzles, and they have a couple built-in pictures, but you can add your own. Okay. And here is, it is unscrambling the title screen as a jigsaw. Ah. Is that my criminal life? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Vid picks. Not to be copied, hired. Do not hire this software. This software is not for hire. Uh, do not rewind tape. <laughs> man, a lot of rules going on, man. It's like, <laughs> come on. I just want to have some fun, man. <laughs> You were cool, man. Yeah, Frankie man. says relax. Yeah, relax. Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> it even just, says you should, it'll take you a couple of hours to win one of these, too. So No more of those frustrating aliens to zap. No more exhausting searches. Yeah, Nick. No more of those frustrating aliens to zap. Yeah. <laughs> Make a jigsaw game. Come on, Nick. My feet are crumbling the screen. <laughs> There's your instructions. All right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Do you, you want to use, use your, your own, own design? design? Oh. So you can load your own PMO3 graphic, basically, if you wanted to. Ow. <laughs> Off tape. There's the four that come built in. Okay. The King Fisher. So yeah. get us to a damn puzzle already. Okay. Wow. I just... Yeah. I want to see. I want to see Stevie do his speed run through, and oh, that's yeah. what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is harder than a normal jigsaw because you can't tell which are the edges and which are the interior pieces. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one has a couple bits of text you know have to go together, so those pieces you could get right. Sorry, you haven't got it quite right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, so everyone wanted, if I ever wanted to slap a software designer, it would be this guy. <laughs> well, let's see how it should be. This is written in Canada. Yeah. Let's see how it should be. Okay. Blab. Man, I, this Blabby Computer Games is making a lot of stuff, huh? They did. They were one of the main ones along with MicroDeal and... Uh, McDougal's Last things. Stand, huh? Yep. Is he related to Custard at all, or is he the... Could be Sheldon McDougal for I don't yeah. know. All I know. Blabby. I like that font. And clear your criminal record for life. Yes. Eh? <laughs> eh? Please Obviously, leave the YouTube tape is starting to know me too well. Yeah. Targeted advertising at its <laughs> best. Please leave your tape running, Curtis. Yeah. Ooh. What the hell? All right. So we got bugs. Yeah, you're strawberries. the funny-looking thing on the... Uh... Is that a strawberry? What the hell is that thing? I don't know. I, I have come to the conclusion that a lot of Dragon developers must have did drugs. Yeah. Because they did a lot this of screen uh, out there stuff. It was, it was the 80s. <laughs> we got monsters chasing you. And we got dragonflies and strawberries and, and freaking... That thing looks like one of those cootie toys that you used to put together, the cooties. One of the bugs looks like a cootie pup. A cootie bug. Okay. So, anyway. Blabby. It's, I mean... Visually, it's very interesting, but understanding what the hell you're supposed to do, 
That one guy is firing just, just, green bones at him or something. Yeah. That weird strawberry-looking thing is you, and you can fire. Okay. And people are firing at you, too. And apparently they can fire through walls. And you got to kind of be patient and wait so you can't just jump out the quarter and get run over right away, so you have to time it. i got to say, the, the screen redraw is pretty quick, especially if this is in basic. I'm not sure if it's in basic or a hybrid. Okay. Yeah, it must be a hybrid. Like the gameplay part looks to be basic here, but the but redrawing the, of screen, the I'm screen sure he's got an ML routine. Yeah, I was going to say that's pretty quick. So that's, a, that's a, good, it's a good example of a hybrid where you can get the extra speed just for the certain thing you absolutely need. Okay. Well, can we speed on to another one? Because this is making my head hurt. Actually, we uh, don't have to speed on anything because I'm done. Oh, uh, we are done. Oh, my All right. lord. My Thank lord. You, Curtis. My lord. Great segment on the news. So we're uh, an hour and a half in, so I think we should uh, take ourselves a break. Absolutely. Come back, Show's over, guys. Come back and do uh, project updates and acquisitions. That sounds Seven. good to me. So, so we're going to start off there. with a little bit of Electricity as a Fad by Nick Marientz and then a little something else. There we go. Nick Marientz on Electricity. Crikey! Electricity is a fad. The big market is with open flame. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. If you're using your color computer in Quebec and it stops working, is it now a Coco won't do? David Ladd. Thank you for watching Coco Talk, the world's leading live Coco Talk show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me. It's Original Gamer Stevie Stroke. You know, gameplay. To get your copy of a Gameplay Goodness gameplay. Color Computer Gaming DVD today, gameplay. head on over to 8bit256.com. There you will find several DVDs featuring Color Computer Gameplay videos by the original gamer Stevie Stroh. So to get your very own copy of a Gameplay Goodness Color Computer Gaming DVD, head on over to the Retro Swag Shop at 8bit256.com and tell them the original gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. This year, I needed to give a real family pleaser. Honey, please help me with this budget. How about a new game, Dad? Please. And I found it. Radio Shack's Color Computer 2. On sale for just $99.95. It entertains, educates, manages. It's expandable and affordable. Now that really pleases me. The Color Computer 2. Sale price for Christmas. Only at Radio Shack. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tim. Playing dagger is like that idiot from the book. <laughs> You're watching Coco Talk.
from Radio Shack, the TRS-80 Model 3. And at $200 off, it's a great value. Select from Radio Shack's huge program library to aid your children's education, plan your personal and household budgets, or to entertain with fast-action games. You can even learn to write programs. The TRS-80 Model 3, on sale for $7.99, only at Radio Shack and Radio Shack Computer Centers, the computer experts. Now we turn you to Call Call Talk. Well, so we've we have got, interesting... uh, we have a, go ahead, sorry about that, Nick Morota. Oh, we get to have a question in the chat? No, I was going to, because I have one more um, commercial to play that I have to do manually here. Okay. So I didn't have it in here. So let me go ahead and do this. This is the commercial Let's for the, the commercial. Joey, which I hope works. I've been having some technical difficulties with my Google Drive lately, but let's see if this one actually plays. Tired of switching your joystick between the left and right port? Want to change between different controllers? Well, Joey has got you covered. The Joey Controller Switch. Take control of your controllers with the flip of two switches. Order today at cocoman.biz. All right. So there well, is a there is a pre-order on the on Joey still going on until Monday. You save uh I think it's $5. It's uh, until Monday if you want to order before then. Is it true you get uh, Nightmare Highway with one? <laughs> you get a free <laughs> digital download of Nightmare Highway with every Joey purchase. Awesome. So I know we'll be talking more about Joey during this segment with the projects and acquisitions because a couple of us have gotten them. So, uh, yeah, let's start the project updates and acquisitions if uh, we're ready. So who has something to like to talk about? I, I'd like to share a page. Uh, you're going to share a page? From yeah, you know, my uh, Ron Sprash. Okay, are you going to share oh, okay. it? okay. Yeah. Are you going to share it, Ron? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me when. Go ahead. Anytime. Okay. I hit the share button. Sharing is clear. pick the screen and hit share. Uh, do you see what I see? We see it. We see it. Okay. What I have here is the dish in my backyard in Rochester. <clears throat> and oh. uh, I put the uh, Coco Black Beauty right here, and I had a stick attached to it, and it would track um, when the dish was moved back and forth, you know, horizontal, horizontally. It would... Uh, you know, look at different things. There's the Black Beauty with the stick on it. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's like a mop handle or and something. This is, this is my uh, programming expertise here. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know you programmed. And, and that's what I used. Now, that's naturally fast. But the idea is um, I could not see that dish from my little basement cubbyhole. You look out the window, you could see part of it, but you couldn't tell where it was oriented. And my problem was um, on the controller, it would uh, scan back and forth, and I'd pick up different channels and stuff. But if it went too far, it would lock up, and I'd have to go, go outside, go to the dish, and push it back. And But at the, the same time, I'd have to have somebody on the inside 
push the button to move it so it would go back into sync again, you know? So it was a real pain in the butt. So I, I come up with this idea so it would never do that anymore. So if I knew that little red button would, or little red um, cursor would go all the way over to the far side, I wouldn't go any further. And I knew it wasn't going to um, hang up. And it was great until I ran over the cable with the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then I learned that I should uh, bury it a little deeper. So I took uh, my shovel, and, you know, and I buried the thing a little deeper, which was good. But, um, yeah, that was uh, – we moved away from this home in 91, so that was quite a long time ago. So basically, as the dish was turning, it was moving the joystick, and you could read the value of the joystick right. to know how far left or right the dish was facing? Yep, correct. That's pretty That's clever. Pretty, pretty innovative yep. thinking. Yep. <laughs> yeah, what I did was I looked in the manual, and it said you can read the values of the uh, you know, the um, joystick. It's like 63 to 0, and then same in the other direction. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so... And- um, I was That's wondering, did you use the joystick button to turn on off the illegal descrambler? <laughs> no, <laughs> never had one of those. There's my Black Beauty. Uh, I had the Coco Two out playing with it, and then I had um, this is uh, one of the things Paul uh, posted on the yeah. Page. That's a beauty. That's 64 meg board. Yeah, and um, he is just a genius guy little bit over you know he talks to me about this stuff and my eyes glaze over but i just blink and i go yeah keep talking man <laughs> <laughs> that was like me and bill that's what happened there too uh, uh, i also came up with uh some uh pictures let's see, let's see if i could scroll down real quick fast 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 oh this was my cocoa in my shop in uh 2001 I had my Coco 3 set up next to my important stuff. Hmm. And then... Um, you have that I backwards, up, don't you? Yeah, here, here you go. That's cool, the Mandalorian Coco. Yeah, now, I, I didn't know who this guy was. I saw it and I thought, God, that looks cool. I'd like to include that in something. So yeah. I just threw him in there. And then uh, I made uh, this one here for the subtle fit on the Coco screen. That's neat. And that came with this one here, right there. 1983. So I'm going to just keep coming up with this stuff until one sticks and they want to use it. They can use it. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Neat. Okay. Thanks, guys. Keep the hits coming. That's keep them awesome. coming. I love the Back to the Future motif ones because it's yeah. my favorite series of movies. Absolutely. So that's excellent. All right. Anybody else uh, have anything to talk about? Uh, I have one well, quick thing I want to add. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Just Curtis. one quick thing. Um, Go ahead, Curtis. Amigos Retro Gaming, uh, John Schaller, known as nickname as Boat, uh, just went live. I just got an email notification on their channel. He's actually doing Ed Snyder's composite upgrade on a Coco 2, uh, live streaming, you know, actually installing it and stuff and taking the Coco part and taking a look at the stuff. Oh, that's there. cool. So if you guys want to check that out afterwards on the recording, you know, once it's up uh, as a podcast, et cetera, then uh, if you're interested yeah. in that kind of thing, go for it. Yeah, don't change the channel right now. We're still no. on. No, exactly. This is good. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the list one by one. So, we, Curtis, that's good. Are you good, Curtis? Yeah, that was it. That was it. Sorry, I don't mean to kick you off. On, on right. to real people now. Yeah. All right. Thanks, thanks, Curtis. Thanks a lot. Okay, uh, Stevie, you yes. have anything to talk about? Yes, I have. I have a project update. So go ahead. Um, so what did not get um, shown last week because Curtis um, 
really skim through my video. I had three updates, and you got to see. Part, I figure we hear enough of of from you already, yeah, so yeah. why would I just so, prolong the? One of the things that I that I that I did get um, that I'll show you guys again, but it's the Don and Kurt Inman, Rob Inman's uncle and uh, cousin um, assembly book. So this was sent to me by Dan Loyal, and I mentioned that, um, and I, I posted the video that that they did. So he sent this because he saw us talking about it. Curtis mentioned this would be a good one to have. This one's in really good shape. It's very shiny. It's in good condition. Um, so um, on, on top of that, too, this has now been scanned in the archive. That was the other question because I think Mark Overholzer had one. He was going to consider figuring out how to scan it or did I have to destroy it to scan it. But David Lord um, sacrificed his book to have it scanned. So this book is now in the Color Computer Archive. And I did, I did make a posting about that on the mailing list, too, to let people know that this book is available. So if you want to get this one, it teaches you assembly on the Coco, and it does focus on graphics and sound and, and making video games. So, cool. So that is an update, and that is now available. Um, have you played with it? I have not looked at the book yet. No. Gotcha. So, it looks no. like you filled in your room pretty good there, bud. Oh, yeah. So I got this today. Literally came in the mail today. But my Joey joystick controller is here. Woo-hoo. So this is the Joey, right? So you can switch between two sticks on two different ports and flip back and forth. Just came in. I've also got a special serial number here. It says this yeah, is serial on. number nine, yeah, and this is it's certified for use beyond level one. So. Oh wow! <laughs> so it's got some AI chips in there too, then, eh? Yes, 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 yes. So, so those those are. Oops, I just screwed up my whole video here. So those are um, those are my main updates. Now let me go back to uh, switching the screen. Okay. All right. Excellent. Thank you, it, David. It looks like uh, Stevie. It looks like you put those uh, beard seeds on your face. Oh yeah, it's like a, it's a chia pet. Yes. Yeah, you add beer and, and, and hair grows. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. David, do you have anything for us? You're muted right now. Um, yeah. So on the mouse adapter, because I know a few people have been pestering me on that, uh, the mouse adapter, uh, the current prototype boards that I got actually quite a long time ago, I finally put one together. And so far, the newer design seems to be working, so now... Onto the next prototype board to try to clean up alignment, and um, we should be getting closer to a design that hopefully we can get out by right. Coco Fest. I'm hoping. Awesome. So. Looking forward to that. Cool. I got a test product of that works real good. What's hey, that? Uh, that? The mouse adapter. Ah, okay. Oh, oh, I see. You have one already. Gotcha. Yeah, they let me test one out. That will be awesome, Rich. I'm looking forward to that one. Jason, I know you did nothing at all this week, but I'll ask you anyway. You got anything going oh. on? Oh, yeah. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever kind of happening slacking, here. Slacking this I am, week. I am, I am such a slacker. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, of course, uh, like you said earlier, that the, uh, the uh, pre-orders or advanced orders for the Joey, or Joey controller switch are going to be... Uh, Ending here on uh, this this uh, this coming Monday the twenty fifth. Uh, that is a that is a that, that is a five dollar discount. So it will be thirty five dollars now plus shipping, and uh, it will be forty dollars after those that plus um, shipping, of course. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the obviously you see Stevie has his. You know, you have yours. Uh, there's some others out there now. The pre-orders have been, sh- you know, the pre-orders have started to ship, and uh, and also on on the Joey page on CocoMan.biz, you can just go there and find it, or go to CocoMan.biz slash Joey. Yes, uh, the the joystick uh, test program that I, I showed in the video previously here on Coco Talk uh, uh, added a little polish and. Uh, it's available on on my site for a free download. Awesome. Of just a just a simple little program I use to test things. And uh, if you press button one, you get a you get a red rectangle, and uh, button two, you get a black rectangle there. And uh, it's good to verify you've hooked up everything properly. So it's, of course that'll work. Useful. It's useful, and it'll it'll work even if you don't have a Joey. But uh, and it's, I think I also uploaded that to the uh, TR City Color Computer Group on Facebook. And there is a Coco Three version, and then. Um, I'm sure I probably could have just made one that worked on both, but I went ahead. There's just a separate Coco one and two version uh, on that same disc image. So the reason that uh, these things are going up in price is because they're assembled in China and there's tariffs. Oh, they're not assembled in China. <laughs> they're, they're, assemb- they're assembled. They're assembled right here, Ron. Here's you know here's one with uh, you know with oh proof. Yeah, yeah proof. You know. Oh, there's yeah. no the reason the price the, is yeah. going up is because Jason is a capitalist pig. <laughs> uh, it's it's called it was uh, you know introductory get people interested and uh, I mean there, there's a lot of work to make these they look it's oh a yeah simple, it's yeah. it's a simple idea but there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of connections there there's a can, lot of can I make a reservation for one at the Coco Fest? Absolutely, I I have reservations about Coco Fest. I mean, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not what I meant. Um, no, uh, yeah, sure we can. Yeah, just you know what, Curtis, remind me closer to Coco Fest and I'll make sure I set one aside for you. Okay, I don't need a special serial number or anything, but yeah, I'll pick. Oh one no, there. I think the special just, serial numbers. A lot of stuff there. Yeah, the special serial numbers are are done, but just just remind that me. Yes, a... Yeah, we had serial number serial number zero zero one zero zero one zero zero one, and uh, then we me? had serial number. Yeah, and then we had serial and number nine. Should I believe was also called? All right, and I, I look at it this way: there, there's a certification. I really don't have to worry about if Stevie's ever going to test. <laughs> <laughs> so. But uh, just having fun with it. But that's that's it. That's that's it. That was just uh, the, the the joke labels. And but uh, no, there'll be some more going out here in the uh, in the coming weeks. And uh, so we're opening up to uh, normal orders uh, next week. And uh, that's that's really all I have right now that I can think of. But uh, a lot of other projects going on, and I'll probably have more stuff in the uh, coming weeks to uh, to uh, pass along. You, do you think you have any other new announcements before before the end of the year? Uh, I or, think so, and and oh, and you know, one thing I should mention is uh, I did try this with a high resolution joystick adapter using Color Computer Artist, and I was able to get to all four corners of that uh, of that uh, screen where you're drawing in Color Computer Artist with the high res uh, joystick interface, and uh, it's a little awkward right now because of this, the, it's not really set up for that, but it does work, and uh, I'm gonna, I guess you either could come up with some type of uh, five pin extension. Uh, you know, for the cassette port, or uh, I may have something else uh, coming. You know, coming. I'm going to try here in the in the coming uh, days. And uh, for, for the for the folks that want to use their high res uh, joystick interface on one of those ports, what I'm envisioning is, you know, you have the two controller ports on the front, you have the left and the right, and uh, you know, maybe one of those could be dedicated to a a high res. Uh, interface device because you can't you would have to completely unhook the high res interface to use something that is not high res 
through it because it doesn't uh, doesn't work right otherwise. I've found out and had had uh, suspected anyway. Okay, good to hear. All right. Well, thank you very much for working on that. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. As it's that that's it's I hated plugging and unplugging. So it's uh, I really appreciate that you now, Nick. Has it improved your your color car scores? Um, actually, uh, I did pretty well with color car. Yeah, it's uh, I'm doing all right. Um, all right. So thank you very much, Jason. Uh, Polly, do you have anything for us? Um. Yeah, I'm kind of working on uh, quite a few demos of some game ideas I have um, to try and see what people want. So I was just going to make like some one or two level demos of all the brainchilds I've had in the last year or so and see which one sticks and continue development on that. That's a great idea. Now, do you have a selection for all of the above? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I got really busy in the last few months, and I haven't been able to work on anything. It seems like, but uh, yeah, um, but I want to start with uh, what everybody's going to want to do uh, first. So, so I have a games- few samples on screen if you guys want to see them. Sure. sure, sure. Are these games you're hoping to like sell? What's that? Are these games you're hoping to sell down the road? Or I don't know about sell. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. Do any of these games have uh, any uh, plot points with the timber industry? <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> Love jammer. Are there so, any nightmares or highways involved? There are no nightmares or highways yet. Okay, because we yeah, it's good. Well, we shall but see you later with the timber man. Um. Uh. The Keep, keeping with the Timberman motif, he is doing a game called Ron's Garage, where you have to empty Ron's garage while Ron is filling it. That'd be, be kind of interesting. Yeah. As if this yeah, is Downland 2, this gets my vote. Do you guys have... Can you guys yeah. see what I have? Cause I, I see it. Yeah. yeah. I see tiles? It. Yep. So there's the tile set and uh, uh, all of the sprites for Downland 2. Yep. I got some kind of neat ideas for there i added a uh rail cart that you get to ride um so that's kind of a cool little treat let me see what else i can how do i change <laughs> ken, ken says ron's garage game should be called temple of ron, temple of ron. <laughs> i actually kind of like that idea the yeah. garage the ron's garage one where you empty it you could do like a sudo or not sudoku but well, What's that warehouse game back in the day that they... Uh, Sokoban? Sokoban, yeah. Can but are we stealing from Ron, or does he want to step to his... What are we looking at here, top-down? Yeah, so I had this game. I played a lot of Wolfenstein on travel recently. Mm. <laughs> I was on business travel down to Florida, and I was playing a lot of Wolfenstein, and I thought maybe a top-down, like, espionage-type spy game, Metal Gear Solid-type of thing would be kind of cool. So there's some sprites from that. Um, and then some tile sets up above there. Um, some of the tiles I don't really like. Um, the perspective's a little bit odd, and I'm not quite sure say. <laughs> how I want it. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how I want it to be. Well, there was supposed to be, you were able to, like, latch on. Has anybody ever played, like, Tenchu Stealth Assassins? You can 
a, you can like attach yourself to a wall and kind of uh, scoot along it so that you can peek around corners or whatever and kind of stealth assassin other folks. So that was kind of the idea of this perspective is that you could attach yourself to any wall and kind of be sneaky or whatever. But I'm not sure if I like it. Okay. So, but there's but there's that, and then uh, uh, the fighting game that you guys saw before, Faceless, Faceless Warriors. Warriors. I like that one. That was cool. It's pretty, it's pretty close to. I well, I can actually start working on making the actual meat of the game now. So, anyway, yeah, would, just, my vote would be for Faceless Warriors and Downland too. Both of those. Are you still yeah. doing that Pico whatever game it was too? Pico Prod. Yeah, uh, I kind of gave up on that one. I uh, oh, okay. I kind of lost interest. Uh, I was trying to figure out how the um, object codes were going to work. I was using single bits to tell things that were static and things that were um, movable objects. And Simon and I couldn't agree on the best tactic to uh, use for the object codes. And so I kind of just put it on the shelf and might get back to it someday. It had a really cool um, music player for the title screen, so... It's not a hundred percent scrapped, but and then have you guys? Can you guys see the pistol screen? Yeah. yeah. So that's this is what I use to make sprites, and I highly recommend it to anybody who's looking to do some Coco Three work. Um, and I know Chet Simpson's working on a compiler that will take a f- uh, different graphics formats that you can upload to, into that, and then it will spit out a compiled sprite like this. Hmm. So the nice thing about this is that you can set up an RGB palette similar to Coco 3. You can see your animation in, you know, process. You can change the frames per second. 60 is obviously way too fast. So save things in your browser, put them on your computer. It's just a highly recommended program. That's neat. I was developing a sprite compiler that was based on this where you could edit the sprite and it had a lot of similar tools to this and then it would compile at the end. But then when I found out that uh, Chet had a compiler that was going to be kind of like Glenn's wasn't super efficient without going back and editing a lot of it. Um, Chet's will be a little bit better than that. So I stopped designing it for the Coco 3 and I said, you know what, I'm going to just focus on making some demos of the game so that people can play it and see what they want me to make. So, hey, I don't know whether I should ask this or not, but what's the um, the little farm animal in Transform Four? <laughs> what's that? The little farm animal in Transform. The little it, farm it looks like a sheep on the right hand side yeah. where it says layers and transform oh, and pallets. That's a sheep. Yeah. A... <laughs> That's always a clone. <laughs> Uh, you can clone the current layer to all frames. So, oh, when, Dolly the clone. Yeah. It's a clone. <laughs> Dolly the sheep. Yeah. That's 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 really funny. Now I think yeah, it is. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. So that's could, what that is. I couldn't guess what that would be. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was because you were getting so busy doing your graphics that you could just online order veal to get it sent to your door. <laughs> you think they'd have like two squares that are copies? You know. Yeah, I like the Temple of Rom looking dude. He looks he looks cool. The Temple of Ram looking dude. I mean, no, excuse me, the, the Downland the guy that's on here now. Yeah, Downland guy. He looks cool. Yeah. I, I will get it. I'm going to try and get it to just be the walking frame. There you go. So, yeah. So, things are turning out all right. I just got all the sprites for Downland 2 compiled today while I was listening to everybody else talk. So, that's I'm nice. glad at least somebody on the show was productive. 
<laughs> what does Pisco stand for? I don't know. That's just what they call the app, and it's online. You can just go uh, to PiscoApp.com, and it'll bring you yeah. here. And you can make oh, yeah. animated animated sprites. It's pretty cool. It's probably a pissed-off pickle. That's how Popeye <laughs> says pistols. <laughs> it's a pistol, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway. You've already got an excitement for, pit, for a downfall, too. <laughs> Downland two, yeah, okay. two years ago too. I have a really hard time sticking with one project. I well, get, so Paul, I, 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 I think it's nice of you to enlist some input, but honestly, my suggestion would be do the make the game that you want to play, and people are going to like no matter what you do. But the problem sometimes is when you when you when you enlist community involvement, you get all this feature creep, and you get these committees and these camps. And you're the guy. You're the guy making the game. So screw right. everybody. Make the game you want to make, and and that's it. Do you? You know. Yeah, so, I know. So Here's the I do have I a question. <laughs> yeah. As long as it has a real time clock, we're not working. Yeah. Now, if you have you considered writing a game that involves dodging furniture on a highway? I actually have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I haven't. <laughs> that seems like a lame concept for a game. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Nobody would much. be silly enough to attempt that. So, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the input, guys. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Polly. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely like the whole Downland Downland Two idea. That's a game I would definitely play and buy. And um, uh, the same thing for that Faceless Warriors. From what I've seen from it, it looks like a quality product that we have not seen yet on the Coco. So. Cool. Yeah, that one's pretty close to completion. I could probably just shift over to that and get that done over the winter time is what I'm hoping. So, well, that's a good idea, Steve. Okay. Like I said, though, I want to play all of them that yeah. I have ideas yeah. for. All that games I want to play. So that's where I come up with my ideas from. So. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. If I could get some help programming, that'd be the next thing that would be amazing. But Simon helps a lot. But All right. Anyway, that's enough for me. Thanks, Thank you, Paulie. Thanks, Paul Thayer. We appreciate you. Okay, Thank so uh, John Lowry just joined us. John, we're just doing uh, updates and acquisitions. Do you have anything uh, you'd like to share with us? Uh, nope, just uh, got, got home, was doing a little running around, and uh, uh, thought I'd jump on and say hi. Awesome. Everybody. Just didn't want to skip you, just in case. I'm glad you joined huh. us, though. Thank you. Uh, no, thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. Nick Barentes. Hey, get your own name. <laughs> well, you know, you started off well. You got the Nick and the Mar. Then you just went off track after that. So. <laughs> you're close. You're, you're you're close. You're close to perfection. Anything Only to talk close. to us? Anything to talk to us about, man? Uh, the only thing I've been working on is uh, Gunstar, and uh, I guess I can only announce that uh, official coding for Gunstar is complete. All right. So the the main coding is all Super done. Good. Now it's a case of fine-tuning, little uh, touch-ups here and there, game testing, and just getting it finalized. That is excellent news. Are you going to have a cheat code for Stevie to get to level two? Well, I did add the uh, WIMP mode. So So what are you targeting currently for uh, release date? Well... I'm Coco just wondering whether I should make it a Cocoa Fest uh, uh, announcement, but you know that's still another what three, four months away. Is Gun it's Galaxy April this year? I believe. Yeah, it's yeah. five months away. Is five Gun... months away. Is Gun Galaxy the next next uh, chapter? 
Oh, well, it's got to have a star at the end. So, pop star, <laughs> gun star. So, some, maybe, I don't know, something else. you just star. got a galaxy. <laughs> galaxy star. Hot <laughs> star. Well, we were, talking, we were talking in chat last night that we'd love an update to Outhouse. So how about an Outhouse star? Yeah. <laughs> Shite star. <laughs> Shite star. <laughs> well, that's excellent news, uh, Nick. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. It'll be an Australian-themed game called Croc Star. <laughs> Croc Star. Excellent. All right. Al Hartman, do you have anything to talk to us about? You're, you're, you're uh, sure. Recent acquisitions were I got from Carlos Camacho one of his Coco 3 badges, which I, I like. Nice. And he sent, a, he sent a replacement warranty sticker. Oh, neat. So I can re-warranty my Coco 3. <laughs> bring it back to Radio Shack if you had to. Yeah, it's like, like sending girls to the Virgin Islands to get re-virgined. Never heard that one before. Go ahead. <laughs> And my um, my more recent acquisition, it arrived yesterday, and it's not on Coco Topic, but it's a Commodore 64 Mini. Oh, oh neat. Cool. neat. I got one of those, too, that I have not played with yet. Yeah. They're on that's sale. That's smaller at, windows, a little bit larger than the MC-10, though, right? Uh, yeah, it's wider, but it's... And the, it, the, the computer is so light, there are three weights screwed to the bottom of the case to give it heft. Wow. Well, I saw your post, you got a good deal on it. Yeah, it was on sale at Amazon. I, I don't know if it still is. It might still be twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Mm. So for and that at that price. price, even though I'm cash poor, I couldn't resist. Yeah. yeah. The, the actual joystick on it is a really good quality 8-bit, like 8-directional stick that is USB-based. So you could use it on an emulator or a PC or anything else, too. So I really... Oh, yeah. The, la- uh, the later one is improved. The original yeah. models of the Mini had a really crappy version of the joystick. Okay. No, I like the joystick that came with it. Those yeah, the, the newer ones have the newer joystick, and the uh, C64 Maxi, the full-size version, which is basically this, a similar, not the exact same, because it has four USB ports, will be out next month in time for Christmas. I think they, I think that one comes with an optional pad, too. It's called the C64 Maxi Pad. So, oh. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had, a bit of a dis- we had a bit of a discussion in Facebook about the Ew. C64 Mini, and yeah... If you know what you're doing, you can get a Raspberry Pi and blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I think the replicas are kind of cool. Well, you see, since this a, was – this is basically an ARM-based mini – like a little tiny computer, I was wondering if someone couldn't port uh, a Linux to it. It probably is a Linux that runs on it. Oh, I'm sure. And put a Cocoa emulator on it. Oh, I'm sure. Or yeah, to absolutely Cocoa could. Mini. Yeah, you could. Just because that's what it. it is. It's basically a Linux box uh, running, you know, running a Linux box, running an emulator. That just sounds so wrong, running so a Cocoa on a C64. Yeah. <laughs> it so feels even 20, dirty. Even 29 bucks for a case <laughs> is a good deal. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would be yeah. an improvement. Perifractic yeah. took one of those mini uh, C64s and put it in a full-size C64 case. Ah. So you open up the C64 case, there's a mini C64. Looks like those Russian dolls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he bought one of those. Um, he bought an adapter called the Kira that he plugged into the um, USB port on the mini, and then he could put a full size Commodore keyboard on it through the Kira. And then the exactly. Kira also brought in regular Atari joysticks. Yeah, it actually does work. Yeah. 
actually, oh. Al, I forgot I wasn't supposed to ask you because that you comment you made earlier. So, uh, oh, th- thank you anyway for your updates. Sure <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you seriously. Take Al. off, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take For- off, Nick. Forget about it. Take off, Nick. Forget about it, man. Yeah, I said All it right. two times this time. <laughs> thank you, Al. Brian Weezer, okay. do you have anything to talk about? What were you done, Al? Did I cut you off? Oh no, I'm here. I'm here. No, no, I was done. I was okay. done. Okay. I want to listen to Brian. Okay, Brian, go ahead, man. <laughs> uh, just a couple items here. Uh, continuing to try to get a complete collection there. I added uh, oh, math bingo, bingo to the to the to the group there. So got to have that. And are, you then, uh, to, are you trying to get every cartridge actually? Trying. Yep. Oh, nice. Yep, working on it. So. And then also I got a uh, another game here. This is a uh, it's, it's it's basic. It's more of the TRS eighty. Uh, but it's the uh, announcing computer games there. Oh, neat. Look there. It has like 26 different games in it. Uh, about uh, the games average, I don't know, some through about maybe 100 to 150 lines long. So not uh, not terribly long. Was that and another specific? one. That looks like yeah. TRS-80, like Model 1. Oh, Model 1, 3. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe the TRS-80. But, you know, this has the basic programs in there, and you might be able to make them. Yeah, the, I'm sure yeah. they're very portable. Mm-hmm. Uh, extremely, yeah. And then another... Uh, book that kind of caught my eye it was this uh programming and basic with applications mm. and uh i wasn't sure what it was about i couldn't find anything about it though but actually what it turns out to be is it's actually um a book that would have been used in college uh, uh back in the day uh, it's laid out where you basically learn something and it actually has questions at the end of each chapter that you have to answer so it's almost like more like a an instruction manual of sorts, but uh, it was kind of interesting. I was going to kind of fall through it and just kind of, kind of see if it's for actually teaching. Basic is what it is what it would have been back in the time. That computer. I, re- I recognize uh, the terminal in the front. It looks ADM like a pet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or ADM three A, I should say. Yeah. And then uh, work. the only other thing, and I'm kind of been kind of working on it here a little bit uh, as throughout the show here. I've uh, I've posted about it on Facebook. The the, the Coco three Back from the Dead project that I've been working on. And uh, I got the board here. I'm uh, two capacitors away from recapping it. So I had a, uh, a really weird uh, wavy pattern going through uh, out of all of the displays. And so it was suggested to recap the board. So I'm uh, two caps away from finishing that, and then I'll be testing that out. And uh, I got the keyboard uh, repaired on it. The keyboard was completely unusable. Uh, keys would stick down. About half the keys didn't even work. I totally tore the keyboard apart. Had to repair a few traces on the Mylar. Got that going. So the keyboard's working. Uh, the computer's working. and uh, Except for this wavy pattern. But I get that, and I should have a a, a live Coco 3 because I got the case all cleaned up. So, yep, almost there. Okay, some of, some of you hardware guys are going to have to move to Canada because I need help. And there's, <laughs> we have so many people who are capable, but they're all in the U.S. So or Western some, Canada. Somebody step up. <laughs> <laughs> I got a quick question. Uh, you were talking about your cartridge collection. Uh, is there like an official number of, you know, like, I'm assuming you're going with Radio Shack sanctioned uh, cartridges that Radio Shack put out? Correct. Yep. yep. And, I'm looking at yeah. those. And a lot of it I just reference off of the catalog and keep my eyes open for ones that uh, yep. that I don't have. So, yep. Do you have an idea what the total number is? Uh, no, I don't. I, I was going to go through and try to make a complete list. So that way I can continue to mark them off so I can narrow it down to which ones I don't have. So, mm-hmm. yep, no, I'm, I, that is something I want to do is to get a, a, a full list of uh, what was available. So. 
Well, yeah, don't anyway. don't forget color script set two. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. Electric yes. boogaloo. Do you have any way of dumping them if there are any missing from the archive? Or hmm, I guess I don't know. When you would you say uh in getting them from the ROM to the yeah. the archive? Yeah. I don't have the ability. I believe there's a way of doing it, but I don't have that ability. Yeah, there's yeah, 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 you do. You archive. just need to put some tape on one of the pins to kill the auto 40. start. Yeah. Yeah, and then but, you just save them. But there's okay. software on the archive that will also add a loader <clears> to the cartridge so that when you load it in from floppy, it banks into the full 64K mode, copies the cartridge data to the correct region yeah, of Yeah, if it's not independent code, then you, yeah. Unfortunately, there are some cartridges with protection that try to overwrite themselves, which, of course, on ROM doesn't work, but on RAM it does, so you'd have to patch some of those. And at Spectrum, we used to sell a program called Multipack Crack. That yep, you, I remember that one. You would use a multi-pack to, to uh, crack cartridges. Ooh. Yeah, I never on. did the, the trick where you put a piece of tape over the, the cartridge Auto detect pin. pin. Yeah, because yeah, there was a poke you could do that would just make it ignore the, the detect pin. Yeah, but and, if you uh, plugged it in crooked, you could short out your computers. So right. I never did that. I was always <laughs> careful to, well, it was Radio Shack's computers, too. <laughs> <laughs> but when I did it, uh, I would line it up very perfectly and i would put it all the way up until it you know you could feel it hit and make sure it was perfectly straight and then just kind of pop it in and i never once ruined one of radio shack's machines <laughs> doing that <laughs> but i think nowadays with you know them being ancient you know 30 year old plus computers i wouldn't i would use yeah uh, i just did the tape thing it was so much easier just you know a yeah. little piece of like you know masking tape and just cover the one pin and then you were fine yeah Once they show up uh, in the ads, them putting a ROM pack in while it's on. While the computer's on, you mean? One of the ads, yeah. Well, you watch David Connor do it with you know, a dual... Yeah, an MPI plugged into it. They, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that sent shivers down my spine. I was expecting magic smoke that episode. <laughs> uh, Dave uh, Jones from EEV Blog was showing these ads where they were uh, soldering and they were holding the soldering iron from the lower part where the yeah. where it gets hot. <laughs> Where it hey, smells oh, like yes. chicken. I, I've seen that same. I've seen that same clip art. I think we had it hanging up at my work for a yeah. while. <laughs> it was a it was a, a, a lady a lady holding it by the hot part, yeah. Yeah. On like a PC motherboard or something. He said something up wrong. All right, Grant Lady. All right, Grant Lady. Right? Yeah. All right, I'm muting. Yeah, we got a little bit of background noise from Grant there. <laughs> Thank you for That's that not the worst background noise we've ever had from Grant Lee. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Grant is like a fountain of background noise, yes. I'll say. But anyway. Number one on the internet, that guy. Mm. All right, thank you very much for that update. Uh, now, we also have uh, Terry Stiggy. Do you have anything to talk about? Yeah, I've got a couple things. I, I did get my uh, Joey from Jason. Um, oh, nice. I had requested a... Uh, serial number version and I didn't get it so I'm assuming I got a beta version so I was kind of happy about that <laughs> those were yeah you just only did you only put serial numbers in the first couple <laughs> that's right um if I can share my screen I'll try here yep I don't know if that's coming through yes we yep. see it so I've been <clears throat> trying to get this updated for the TDP stuff. I do now have a list of all of the catalog numbers um, 
that I've been able to find. And just as of yesterday, the Holy Grail that no one really knew was existed or not, I got one. So, um, when Learning my- Lab with the cassettes and everything? Yep, it's got all the cassettes, and it's all TDP-based. Wow. So this would be verified now. Yep, I got to I got to edit the website. <laughs> wow. I've added a couple new uh, things to the site. So as I get things photographed and uh, documentation done, I'm going to add it to this database. You can actually see all the angles. And in addition to that, uh, Rob Inman's been helping me with different advertisements and articles and stuff that we've oh, got neat. pertaining to it, as well as, um, like I showed last week, that reference card. I got it scanned, so anybody wants to use it, they're welcome to. That's neat. I like how you got the color blocks there in the actual colors. Yeah, I was kind of surprised how well that... Green, yellow, blue, red. Yeah. kind of cool to the right there, but uh, anyway, that's the main stuff I've been working on. Mr. TDP. Cool. That is awesome. And I'll stop sharing. There we go. And that's All right. Nice. Thank you for the update. That's great. And, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. So, Mark Bosley, do you have anything to talk about? He may be muted. So I think there's an update to OBS that caused him to not be able to stream today. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I was just going to mention, he's going to be updating his OBS. He's going to update his NVIDIA drivers now, too, to get that thing to work. <laughs> yeah. Did also, that. We can a, test it later. Uh, a few minutes ago, we were joined by Rick Adams. Rick, are you there? Legendary game designer, Rick Legendary Adams. Legendary no game designer, Temple of Rom. All right. I will assume he is not... Able to talk You're muted, them. Nick or Rick. Yeah. And I have a Joey. I have the latest Joey and Coco I can pull up to when we're done with updates, courtesy of DeBruce Moore. Rick, can you hear us? Come in, Rick. Commander uh, Rick. He's still muted. His All video right. looks good, though. Well, <laughs> in, oh, we got a doorbell. Oh, Who is it? Ding dong. Avon calling. Okay, Rick, are you going to be able to join us? Or are you... Uh, you can unmute him on Zoom. Has he been muted on Zoom? Somebody yeah, unmuted him? Has he been manually muted? Unmute. Uh, I can't. I'm hitting unmute. It's not working. No. Okay. We can't unmute you, Rick. You are Your lips move, but we can't hear what you're saying. Yes, you have a self-imposed should, mute right now. He shook his head like he wasn't you are happy comfortably with his numb. equipment or something. All right. So in the meantime, hopefully Rick can get going. In the meantime, uh, I will, since we went through everybody else, I'll mention myself. Who are uh, you again? I am, Nick, right. I am Nick Marotta. Nick Marotta, Nick Marotta. And uh, I, think, I think some of you may know I got my joy this week. I don't know if I mentioned it at all. Uh, but I, I did get it. And uh, it took a, I'm in Canada. It took, uh, took a little less than a week to get here from, from Coco Man, which I thought was pretty good. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it works fantastically. It's it's everything I wanted, so I I, I can't say enough about it. Um, so I've got a I've got my uh, I've got my uh, deluxe joystick in one port, and my uh, my Paragon in the other, and I'm able to switch between digital and analog depending on what game I'm playing, and that's that's all I wanted. So test. Oh, Rick, you're here. 
trying to be. Yeah, we hear you. <laughs> okay. Boy, I got good and confused there. Uh, Do you have so an update for like? us? Oh, sure. Uh, maybe you saw on uh, Facebook, and maybe somebody mentioned already, but uh, I'm slowly going through the Temple of Rom code and, and uh, putting in the comments. And um, I was looking at the part where it handles treasures. You know, you pick up the treasures. And, uh, oh, here's the part where it, you know, it adds the score of the treasure that you just picked up. And then I said, well, why am I calling the add score routine twice? Well, let me look into this. So I found out, oh, that's right. I remember. I had it programmed so that um, if the bat is chasing you when you pick up a treasure, uh, you get uh, uh, you get double points. So oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I had compl- you know I had programmed that in, and I completely had forgotten about that until I found it in the source code. So I just thought that was kind of fun. And it wasn't mentioned in the docs either, was it? No, it wasn't. I looked. I specifically looked, and they didn't. They, I, I'm sure that I told them, that, but they didn't put that part in. So, so Curtis yeah. is a resident game expert. Was that something that you were aware of, or no? I'm not a resident game expert on that. <laughs> There's only some programs recently. I've been going through the fine tooth code. I think William Astle's the one who did the disassembly for Rick, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So he'd and be the one to ask. You do have your Coco game site, Curtis. Yeah, and you played a lot of games back in the day. You're like, oh yeah, I know this game and that game. Yeah, back when I was young, I used to play a lot of games. <laughs> exactly. But the uh, the source Go code, ahead, from, I'm slowly commenting all, and it's like about seven-eighths commented at this point. And all of that is actually on the web, on my GitHub, and anybody that wants to can look at that. Very cool. If you, if you want to look at the uh, one-eighth of it that isn't commented and come up with comments for it, that would be perfectly fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my to, comments uh, would be useful. <laughs> oh, oh, there's that stipulation. Oh, okay. Send comments on an 8 by 11 card to... Uh, any, any and how is progress going on expanding the game, Rick? Oh, well... You know, expanding the the maze, uh, that part at this point would be easy. So because it's easy, I'm not doing it. I'm <laughs> just doing the hard part. Um, I've added two monsters. Uh, I haven't added any further treasures. Uh, I kind of want to... Uh, the reason I'm looking at the treasure code right now is uh, I'm trying... Uh, I'm thinking of altering it so um, to support uh, keys, uh, keys and doors. Mm. So you pick up a key and now you can open a door. Neat. So that is just, that's not really implemented now. That's just sort of a, an idea in my mind. But that's the only major feature that I, I have to add uh, before I, I'll call myself done. Uh, but specifying where the walls and the treasures and the monsters are, are done in a GIF that's uh, done from a uh, Photoshop file. And if you have Photoshop, you can pull that up. That's part of the GitHub, too. And you can see the existing maze and all of the existing uh, treasures and monsters and a couple of new monsters in there. And if you wanted, you could make your own. And eventually, there's going to be some sort of a facility to turn that into a game. Uh, Or if you, you know, if you're a total fanboy uh, and you wanted to do that right now and gave it to me, I would just build it give you the result what was that last part now about the building what now um if somebody gave me a a, a gif that was made from that with the with a different level 
mm. uh, I might find it, you know, in my heart to, uh, you know, to run that through and, and build a game and give it back to you. Ah, okay. There isn't really an easy way to do that yet. Um, I'm trying to think of how I might do that. Okay, okay. so I'm done. Well, thank okay. you, Rick. Uh, I, do have something, I do have something for Rick I'd like to show, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken in the past about this uh, this, this, this gentleman that, that uh, I, I got the magazines from and that he had recently passed away, and I've continued to stay in touch with his, uh, with his wife. And uh, she did send me a box of some other stuff the other day, and this was in it, a Delphi handbook. Yes. Oh. From, from, have, the, from, I, from the day. I have one of those, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting there. It was kind of a handbook that kind of Very shows so. the – of, uh, of how the groups and the commands and everything that was laid out in there. So I, I just, uh, when I saw Rick, I thought about that. This, this book was in that uh, little box of goodies. There you go. <laughs> Very good. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Delphi Club. Yes. So. Uh, All right, thank I, you. Go ahead. Also, someplace I have, whoops, uh, someplace uh, I could probably find it. Uh, I have the Delphi, I can't remember what they called it, but it was like the Delphi yearbook which had pictures of lots of Delphi people in it. Oh, interesting. So I might be able to find that. You never know. That'd be cool to scan in for the archive. Yeah. It would, actually. You're right. Okay. All right, I'm done you're, now. You're not busy enough doing Cocoa well, Projects. I just added another one to you. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, Rick, is yours is your spiral bound? Yes. Okay, the one I have here is in a uh, three-ring binder, so I can take it out very easily, and I can scan that as a PDF very easily. Uh huh. So I don't know who that would go to. Not me, no, but, but I, right. But, but yeah. I can certainly the archive. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah sure. The archive. Is there a Delphi or is there a Delphi section starting to form in the archive there for the Cocoa related stuff, or is it just on your site? Didn't Chet upload the Delphi archives? I think he uploaded Delphi, some of the CompuServe, and there was some BBS stuff from the list. I think he uploaded the database for it. But right. Based his who, on. Who owns the archive? Guillaume Major. Yeah. Question. Well, I could certainly upload it there, and he would know the appropriate spot to put it. So Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Or, or create okay. one, if, not, if needed. And I put that yeah. database on the web at uh, Delphi. It was Delphi.RickAdams.org, I think. I'll try to pull that up right now and see. Yep, Delphi.RickAdams.org. Yep. So you can live like we all lived back in the day yep. with our 300 baud modems. <laughs> Speaking of the archive, I've uh, uploaded a whole bunch of my uh, pictures that I've collected over time to uh, Mr. Major, and he's going to put them up there. No, oh, neat. There's like Color Max pictures and Coco Max, that type no, of stuff? No, they're all um, BMPs with uh, BINs of... Uh, the Sockmaster oh, so- high, high, high Color stuff. Right. All kinds of them. That's so neat. For me, besides the Joey this week, I did have one more acquisition. Uh, Somebody very nice in the group took pity on my pleas, and I finally acquired a speech sound pack. Yay! I've been so close to getting one, and the guy sold it out from under me and made me upset. Somebody else stepped in and said, I've got one for you. So uh, I got it, and it's working, and I played Waterfall with it, and it's uh, so awesome. So you got an MPI too then? Oh, I have the. Uh, I already had the uh, mini MPI. Oh, okay. From, from yeah, 
the, this guy was selling a, a, an actual MPI as well, which would have been okay. I wasn't really, I mean, if I got one, that'd be great. But I was really wanting a speech sound pack. And this guy was selling the speech sound pack, the MPI, and another Orchestra 90 for a ridiculously low price. And I think he caught on that it was a ridiculously low price because he relisted it at a more reasonable higher price. <laughs> more reasonable uh, for him. For him. <laughs> now, and, Nick, uh, Nick, Nick, did you ever get uh, the chance to take a look inside your Coco 2 to see if it's a socketed CPU or uh, soldered? I did look at my one. I, I started going through my dead Coco 2 is socketed. So I'm, I've got renewed interest in maybe getting that back to life. And I haven't, I haven't looked at my other Coco 2 yet. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, if you, if you can get that one working again, those, those new 6309 games like Gauntlet yeah. and the F16 Assault all use the sound speech pack too. And you'll get the increased speed without the speech pack quitting working like a double speed Poco and a Coco 3 does. So. And the VDG is also socketed, which I assume would make Coco VJ installation easy. Right. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the board, yeah. So uh yeah, so I'm I've uh I've yet to look through my other Coco to uh to see. Uh well I've got actually I've got two other Coco twos and one is like the T one chip, so I am sure it wouldn't be uh socketed. Yeah, that one's I do, solid, but, I, I think. but I do have the other one which was originally a for, uh, originally a standard machine that got extend, extended at the factory. Uh so that's old enough that it may. So I have to open that one up and I'll see. Yeah, and you got all the screwdrivers now from Mark Overholzer, so you, you should be able to do the upgrade easily. Screwdrivers at the yin yang, yep. So. Wow. Hey, since we're talking about, uh, what do you call it, uh, hardware, uh, <laughs> can I just share something real quick? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And go to this one, and then I hit share. Okay, what we're seeing here is uh, I asked a question. Um, can you see it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It was to Richard Lobrieski or whoever. I said, does anyone, uh, does, does time have an effect on electronics besides capacitors? Do chips degrade with use? Is the speed of a, a used 6809 used for 30 plus years by uh, uh, any, any, is it any different than a new old stock chip? Has uh, anyone thought of this as a, as being an issue? And does electricity running through a small silicon chip for years change anything? Just just a thought. And I, I got all kinds of um, answers here. In fact, uh, Al Hartman said that they used to sell, um, uh, what, do you, what do you call them? Um, Spectrum Projects used to sell yeah, say a CPU cooler for the... Like a heat sink? Coca One. Yeah, well, no, what it was no, was fan. it was a... It was a replacement for the cover on the RF, the RF shield. Mm. That was all the major chips. And you buy this and you plug it in. And um, I don't forget how you'd hook it up to power. I don't remember how you hook it up to power. But you can see it there in that picture that um, Ron is showing. And right here. See it there in front of me. And that you would put in your Cocoa One and you would um, have a fan to cool the inside of the Cocoa. Now, the other thing that Spectrum used to sell was Bob used to sell these little uh, metal heat sinks about the size of the 6809 chip. Hey, and Al, what's this here? That's a PBH. That's a PBJ. Yeah. Oh. Okay. PBH. Yeah, I have one of those. They're nice. Yeah, I had one, too. I run my Gemini 10X on that. Well, you had it right there. And look right behind <laughs> you there. That is either a serial port switcher or it could be a joystick switcher. Bob yeah. sold both. Um, those... 
the little um, metal fans were black anodized aluminum, and you put two dabs of super glue on each end of the chip and a little dab of um, heat sink compound in the center, and you'd stick that on the chip, and you would cool your SAM and your CPU and your PIAs. Hmm. Neat, huh? But, but, but now you can buy on eBay small little um, heat sinks that are self-stick. And a lot of the guys that recap Commodore 64s put those on the chips on the Commodore because the MOS chips are fragile and they tend to fail, and they fail mostly from heat. So putting the heat sinks on the chips um, helps yeah, if you, um, the life. Uh, my phone's ringing. <laughs> if you uh, if you can uh, get time and uh, take a look at these VCF uh, talks that Bill Hurd did, it's really interesting about how chips work and all. Neat. Very, very neat. And then there's all these responses to uh, my question. It makes you learn a whole lot about. Yeah, that seemed like that was a good topic. You got yeah, a lot of engagements in it. So, yep. So check it out. That's it. Cool. I just thanks, thought Ron. I'd share that. Yeah. yeah. No. You know, there, there really are no dumb questions. You just if you don't ask it, you're never going to know. So you know, any anything that's curious to you, um, you might not be the only one who has a similar. You know. Yeah. Thought. The only the only dumb question is silence, not asking. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. Which is why I'm quiet all the time. Um, hey, before before we forget, uh, can I go ahead and pull up the Joey and Coco thing for you guys? Yes. Just, yep. just because I don't want to forget, and we can continue to talk about our updates and all kinds of stuff. So just hold on one second. I got to find how to get to my left screen. Um, huh? Left screen. Did Bruce actually announce the new Joey and Coco? He or did. He, and he a- did in chat. Oh, okay. All right. Can you guys see this? Okay, so this was last week's Joey and Coco. So we're just gonna we're gonna refresh your memory on that one, then we'll get to this week's, right? So last week, it was number seven called "You Didn't," right? And so this is Joey talking to Coco. He says, "Like so, I put the tape, I press play and record." He's like, "Yep." Then type C save. That's a cool sound it makes. Yeah, it makes two tones that are zeros and ones. Computer talk instead of music. And that was a pretty good discussion you guys had last week. I wasn't here when you got into that, but you know, got into the whole thing. And then in the background, you hear his dad saying, Anybody see my ABBA's Greatest Hits tape? <laughs> and then Coco's like, you didn't. Right? So that's a recap on last week's Joey and Coco. So that's number seven. Now new for today. Uh, that was number six, I should say. Number seven, Joey and Coco. It's called Dad Still Upset. <laughs> so here we see Joey and Coco. And Joey, uh, I guess this is Coco asking Joey, Dad still upset about recording over his ABBA tape? And Joey's like, nah. And those blank Radio Shack tapes he gave me are totally tubular. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> That's an 80s Who reference. says that, right? Um now, now he's like, he must think that his Coco is like Siri or Alexa because he's talking to her. He's like, C-load tic-tac-toe, going to whoop you. And Coco starts loading his tape. He goes, bring it, pal. And here you see like the, the sound in the background there. And, the and then in the last panel, Joey's like, what's an I.O. error? And he's like, uh, you still have that program listing? All right. So apparently whatever he's trying to load from tape didn't quite make it. So... The trials and tribulations of loading off tape. Um, I got to say, I rather enjoy these. 
This this is a neat a neat new thing for the Coco you know Coco content, and it is also um, it's been Nostalgic. somewhat de- well not only that but it's been kind of discussion provoking as well because you guys got into the whole discussion of. Uh, what, how does the information actually get stored on the tape? Is it zeros and ones? Is it, you know, is it this? Is it that? So it was kind of cool to hear you guys talk about that last week, um, you know, on that. So there's there's the latest Joey and Coco. Thank you, DeBruce Moore. And back to you, Nick Morota, on your fantastic hosting job. Thank you. Yes, uh, before I got my Coco SDC and I was loading programs off uh, through wave file off the computer, it brought me back to those days of uh, C load, please load, please load, please load, and uh, you know get halfway through and bought bail out, and I was like, yeah, I remember the frustration well. So, um, so the struggle was real. It was. These kids today don't know. So. Um, all right. Well, I know all about that. <laughs> with my, with my said these three kids 20 minute don't cassettes. Know. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right. So, that would, uh, anybody else have anything else they'd like to add to this segment? Updates, acquisitions? All right. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller, Bueller. Looks like uh, Jason is going to spelunking through the caves. Yeah. Jason, are you whipping out some more Joey's? What are you doing over there? Sides being muted. Sides being muted. Of course. There we go. little technical difficulty there. No, and just the only thing I could add to the whole tape thing is don't try to sl- save on the, uh, on the clear leader. That was something we learned early on that didn't yes. work when we would not have the special Radio Shack leaderless tapes. Hmm. Speaking of Joey, I'm still waiting for my discount code on uh, Nightmare Highway that came with the Joey purchase. Yeah, uh, the the uh, the the uh, digital download code for jo- for Joey purchases for Nightmare Highway is uh, Division by Zero Air. So is that actually <laughs> the words Division by Zero, or is it the slash cool zero? question mark slash zero? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. All right, so that's that's also till Monday, right? You get the uh, you the, get the, the discount yeah, on the first. Absolutely, yeah. So you want to jump on that? Just go to can 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 make it dot com for your for your digital download. There you go. Actually, your brother did say he wanted a five finger discount on the uh, Joey's. <laughs> I want to talk to him about that and see what that means. I don't want to get involved. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, I assume you must be talking about chicken fingers. <laughs> mm. Need some barbecue sauce. I'm actually getting hungry right now, so stop talking yeah. about. It. Yeah, me um, too. <laughs> that's actually okay because I don't. I, we may be running out of show. That's I'm fine. Sure that's fine. Anything else? Yeah. To, uh, My wife has a crack pot on, so it mm. really smells good in crack here. Crack pot, you say? The crack pot. She's got. You a called your wife a crack pot. The crack no, pot. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already in trouble for getting a computer this week. Uh, did you happen uh, to uh, see that on my? Uh, yeah, I got you a, get? um I got a uh, IBM single core um, computer from uh, a guy next to him at my mom's uh, apartment complex. He's like the uh, janitor or whatever, you know, and they're cleaning out this house. And he says, you want this computer? I go, sure. So they gave me two Dell monitors, VGA monitors with it. And, uh, I, you know, I showed it on my group and my wife is going like, uh, oh, no, more computers? Did you <laughs> just get these? And I put on there like I said, Oh, I said I rescued 
past tense. You rescued. There you go. <laughs> and she goes, oh. And then I said, you know, like two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> you got to bring it to a no-kill shelter after this. So. Yeah, really. Uh, so is there a cot in uh, Ron's garage to sleep on? Uh, <laughs> I have the observatory out back, which is real comfy this time of year. Mm-hmm. There you go. Nice. Okay, so well, why don't we go ahead and run a couple more commercials, and we'll come back with some uh, – Final thoughts. Wow, you are you, you bring do you bring the actual word professional to professional show, Nick Marotta? <laughs> I, I want to say, I are listen you, to you, and uh, I, I'm just emulating what I what I heard. From uh, the best, this so. is this is absolutely amazing, and in your honor, we will get a Coco Do Wallaby and Fletcher in this triple play All commercial right. block here. So, hi, it's Chris Boyle, part of the uh, Coco Talk crew of people. Hey, everybody, this is Bill Noble co-author of Nitrous Nine, you are listening to Coco Talk Live, the leading live Coco Talk show. Good day, mates. This is Nick Marionettes, author of such color computer titles as Donut Disaster, Rupert Rhymes, and Rockstar Pilot. And I am here today to tell you about the world's most fabulous operating system, OS9. OS9. OS 9 and its current incarnation, Nitrous 9, is the most advanced operating system ever created. And what makes it so good? Ease of use. I find OS 9 so incredibly intuitive that I haven't once cracked open the user manual. And yet I've been able to create such incredible games faster than the time it takes to sing Walsing Matilda. Using OS 9, I expect my next game, Funstar, will be done this weekend and distributed exclusively on ROM cartridge. OS 9 forever. Any resemblance to actual events, to persons living or dead, is purely coincidental. Radio Shack has a great gift idea for the whole family. Fast action TV games, and they're on sale. Get this six-game model for $29.95 or the four-game model for $21.95. With rising entertainment costs, that's a real bargain. You play hockey, tennis, squash, and more. Easy to hook up and great family fun that lasts all year long. The sale price TV games. Only at Radio Shack. A Tandy Company. This is Mark Overholzer, and you're watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly talk show where you can join in. Hey, come watch us and see what's happening in the world of Coco. Coco Talk is brought to you in part by Placeblex Dietary Supplement. Placeblex, we think it works, so will you. Un ordinateur couleur qui a de la personnalité, le Coco 2 de Radio Sac. On solde pour Noël à partir de 149,95. Hello, this is Grant Leedy with Coco Talk. Got your Coco 3 yet? From the makers of the Switcheroo.
Wallaby Cable, Color Computer 3 Dual RGB Cable. Get yours today at cocoman.biz. Fletcher, I don't need that report tomorrow. Great, JT. I need it tonight. But, JT... Fletcher saved $300 on her office away from the office. Radio Shack's revolutionary Model 100 computer. It's a word processor, phone directory, and dialer. It even communicates with the office computer. Fletcher, how's that report? Fletcher. Radio Shack's Model 100. Save $300 and put it to work. You'll go far, Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. On holidays, Uncle JT would entertain us with stories of his business conquests and his assistant who would meet any deadline that he imposed, no matter how ridiculous. Well, until she shot him in the face, that is. Uh, Once again, our top story tonight, Uncle JT was shot in the face by a disgruntled employee. Wow, wow. Things took a twisted, dark oh, turn today on Coco Talk. Uh, JT <laughs> through his throat. <laughs> oh, my God. JT's been shot. All right, I found it. Yeah, that's right, right from me. And where did you, did you put a link to it anywhere? Or uh, I can, but they run it. In, it's playing in Flash, so I don't know what we can do with it. Oh, uh, all right. We'll, have to, we'll save that for another day. Okay, I can play it. I've got it up. Oh, you want to share it? I can. Okay, so this is breaking news. Mark Bosley has found the Coco Do commercial in English. So what? Yeah, he actually, he said it couldn't Coco be done. Too? Let me get ready it, for that. There we go. He said it shouldn't be done, but yet it. Wow, was. this is cool. Make it big. Make it real big. And we can't hear. Make sure you're sharing audio too. Make sure you're sharing audio too. You might need to rewind. I hear an it. echo. Might need to. <laughs> <laughs> Did, have you seen Galaxy Quest? <laughs> There we go. Coco 2, the color computer with personality from Radio Shack. Sale price for Christmas. Coco 2. And it's actually called a Coco. Wow. wow. That is actually being called a Coco. We never heard Radio Shack call the color computer a Coco. Until pre- today. Until today. History has been made. Well, until so today. Day. So Coco 2 has the- personality. Yeah. Lots of practicality. It was being called Coco in the French version. Right. Yes, but we thought that was just because they're French. You know, French kind of <laughs> stick their nose up in the air at us Americans. <laughs> we can but, actually um, understand it now. Yeah. Coco Do's got personality, Maybe we technicality. Should I mean, the it's lyrics good. just roll right off the tongue. We need to, to Bruce Moore to do a modern remastered version yes, of that. Yes, you and so, Coco too. Yes. Uh, can you give us the link to that? We'll share that out in the live chat. Um, um, okay. Personality. I have to wonder if that was originally written in French and then translated to English. Uh, no, you know, we have to play them back to back. Yeah. I know in French they say fun is in the bag. They didn't translate that over to English or vice versa, so... The words are different, as often happens between translations. Yes, yes. We need to well, some things are lost in translation. Yeah. Are, are, uh, yeah. Isn't other languages put um, things back and forth? I mean, you know. Well, the model, 
trash. The Model One was never really the Model One. But and what was that on RadioShackCommercials.com or was it on RadioShackCatalogs.com? Which one was that? The catalogs. RadioShackCatalogs.com. Yeah, I tried to post on YouTube, but it says nope. Well, just put it in. Uh, put it in. Uh, here we go. Radio Shack catalogs. I found it. Mark B yep. to everyone. Yes, yeah, on chat there. And let me just open that up. And it says, "Get a flash player." Why we would need to get a flash player, I don't know. I don't know. But they need to update I'm, that website. I am posting the um, link to the multi chat across the multiverse. So hopefully you guys will all get that. It's on RadioShackCatalogs.com. We will find a way to download that into a normal video file format and add that to our rotation. So we'll get the English version of Coco 2 uh, coming to an episode of Coco Talk near you in the near future. According, according yeah, to Machi, commercials up there. According I might to be Machi, able to convert that. According to Machi, the Coco has Cocoality. Cocoality. So not I think not personality, Cocoality. Cocoality. Coco 2's got Cocoality. Technicality. Who are we looking at there? Is that a oh, that, that's, allergy? There's the photo album. Rick Adams has Cocoa it. allergy. There's you, Rick. Uh, how do I spotlight you? Right. Okay, I'm spotlighting you, Rick. Hold it up again. Hold up those pictures. This is Hello, the can you hear me? yeah. This is the guys of Delphi catalog. Uh, I, I'd like Rick to order. Adams, there he is. I'd like to order a Rick Adams, please. Uh, <laughs> is, this, is that Rick is Adams? It? Wow! Look Rick, at that. Him in six packs. You had the, you had the Rondelvo wig on. Uh, <laughs> the beard. That is so cool. Oh, you haven't changed. The Delphi yearbook. Wow. Do, do you have any other Coco personalities in there? I am wondering about that. There's not a whole lot. There might be like uh, Boise. I don't know. Let's see if there, it doesn't seem to be in any order. So Coco Two's got Cocoality, Technicality, Technicality, Six Bidacality. Yeah. Well, I'll have to look through it and see. But I don't. You know, I'm just sort of randomly flipping through and not seeing anybody. Ah. So. Well, you made the cut. Yeah, well, of course, yes. <laughs> You're too Maybe uh, you need to turn the light up a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh. Well, that was, a, that was a good find. Thank you very much for that, Mark. Now we have a new, uh, a new jingle. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Well, Nick the French one, The French one will always be in my heart because that's the one we saw first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, Nick Marodi, you've done an excellent job hosting this week. Thank you well, so thank much. Thank you. It was uh, fun. Mark Bosley did an excellent job trying to stream the show this week, but technical difficulties pursued. Yeah. Push the yeah, button. It failing miserably, it went well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, no blue smoke. So we're okay. And we literally put Nick Marotta on the spot at the last possible second. I'm like, Nick, why don't you go ahead and host the show? And you did a it hell of a fun. job. You did a hell of a job, Nick. And so well, this is great. You. These fire drills are great because, you know, like it's nice that we have more than one person that can stream and other people that can co-host and host. And Rob Inman did a great job last week. Curtis and Steve Bjork tag teaming have done. It's been a great job. And honestly, the, the show kind of hosts itself. We've got the whole panel. We can all say our two bits and uh, keep the train on the track. So that's great. Um, great job, Nick Morota. Thank you, guys. Thank um, you, chat room. I didn't really mention the chat room, but thank you, everybody who was in there. Curtis and Retro Innovations and 
Powell and Mark and B. Ramin Min and Dave Phillipson. Can can make it. De Bruce Moore. Matt Matchy and De Bruce, Ben Drakes, Curtis Amigos, Boyle, Amigos, Amigos Retro Gaming. Davy Mitchell was out there. Mark B. Retro Innovations. The Fonz. The Fonz, yes. Um, Arnold was there too, right? Arnold. Um, He'll be uh, back. Tuma. Yes. So, so I think I just want to throw out a teaser that we might be able to announce this more properly, hopefully very soon. But one of the members of the community has decided to donate a cocoa to a good home. And so he's sending it to me. And it is a, from what I can tell, pristine Cocoa 2 64K in the box with all the manuals and I think a cassette player too. So I will hopefully be receiving that soon. I'll make sure it fires up and do the 64K test and make sure I can play Sailor Man on it. And as long as everything is good on the on the Cocoa, we are going to offer that up as a prize to a listener. We have, we're going to figure out how to do that. But I think we're it needs to be... Game? Yes, Sailor, we're gonna have Sailor another. Ride. We're gonna have another contest. We're gonna have a giveaway. It's gonna be a Coco Two awesome. giveaway, and I want to kind of tie it into the holiday. So maybe we'll make it part of a Thanksgiving thing. We'll, we'll figure out the theme and oh, the and the cause and the effect. But um, look forward to a fully working Coco Two giveaway live on this show. Hopefully between now and Christmas. I'll donate a copy of Nightmare Highway. Ah, there we yeah, go. Well, See, that. the community comes together. I love what it. What would you do, D-E-U-X, for a Coco 2? What would you do for a Coco 2? Yes. Does it come with joysticks, TV? I don't know. I haven't seen okay. it yet. I just saw a couple of pictures. Um, so, two, more, more to be, uh, you know, um, more, more to be revealed as time goes on. But just know that in the very near future, we hope to give away a Coco 2 to one lucky listener of the show. Um, and so we'll figure, out, we'll figure out what the contest is going to be, you know. Of some type of theme, like what are you thankful for for Thanksgiving or something like that, you know? So we will figure that part out. Um, are we ready to roll the credits and press the button here, Nick Morona? I believe we are. Thank you guys All so right. much for this opportunity. All right. Well, we're going to roll the closing credits, and then I guess we can come back, and Nick Morona will go around the room and give us a chance to say our final parting thoughts. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8 bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop. Cause Coco Talk is rocking the 8 bit world. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. 
Cutco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marenkis, Rondell Vo, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Stegney, Nick Morota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Differendaffer for making my head explode. help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. say not only is rick adams a master programmer and designer he's also a fantastic air guitar player (laughs) (laughs) so anyway i thank you for i i guess i uh messed up a little bit the order of uh thank yous and goodbyes and that but uh thank you all for being here any final thoughts we want to uh inflict on our poor audience before we leave i want to ask uh you guys ever play Madness in the Minotaur? Is that any good, the game? I mean, I, I, I had it on tape. Was it a brought... text adventure? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, I vaguely it, remember yeah. it. Was I vaguely it remember it. I don't think it sucked. I just don't have that many memories spending a lot yeah. of time on it. It was one that Spectral okay. sold by themselves in 81, and then uh, Tandy actually decided to license it from them, and they sold it starting right, in 82. That, that was one we had back in the day. Uh, I, my brother played it more than I did. I but uh, yeah, well, I remember that one. It loaded into my 16K Model One uh, Coco, and it uh, you know perfectly loaded in. And I started playing it, and I thought to myself, "Geez, I can remember back in the day, if one of my first tapes trying it, and it actually loaded in. It was fun." <laughs> cool. I don't think there uh, were any text adventures I actually finished. I finished some of the graphical ones, like the uh, the. Uh, Black Sanctum and the um, those like that family of adventure games, but I never finished any text ones. I know we've talked about this, but that might be a fun live stream. Like a uh, we get together and just kind of do a team playthrough in one of these games, kind of crowdsource it all, and we all chip in on our suggestions on what to do and where to go, and just kind of stream it and make it a fun, you know, group experience. So uh, I don't know, maybe tonight and we can do live. Live on the air, text adventures uh, at your own risk. Alcohol encouraged. <laughs> or maybe this madness in the Minotaur would be good. Yeah, because honestly, I don't remember. I remember the game. I remember it had a cool load screen when it came up. You know. Yeah. I remember there was some element of it where things happened, where like most of the um, text games were kind of turn-based, where you could sit there at a prompt forever. But this one would actually have some real-time elements where things would kind of pop up on the screen. So if you just sat there, sometimes stuff would happen occasionally. So um, Yeah, Keys of the Wizard did that, too. Yeah. Another spectral text adventure game. Okay. And I'm getting uh, Rick Adams is sending the link for... Uh, I will go ahead and 
and post that too in the live chat for the for the uh, Temple of Rom update right now with the commented source code. So that's getting put out there in the chat for you guys to do. So yeah, maybe we could do that tonight. You never know if anybody's up for it. We could convene on Discord and um, talk about that. Uh, I'm up for it. I'd, I'd be happy to try it. I have no um, memories or experiences on it, so it would actually be kind of an interesting. You know, I'd be it'd, it'd be all new to me. So I'd be up for that. Madness of the Minotaur was, life. There actually was a Temple of Ram, but the problem is when you turn the computer off, the game was gone. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rick Adams had some experience with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyone else for parting thoughts? We had a question from Ron DeVoe about Temple of Rom. Anyone? Anyone? Uh, I'll oh. take Nick Moreau to the block. It was <laughs> Madness in the Minotaur. Madness yes. in the Minotaur. Yes, in the Minotaur. Whatever a Minotaur is. Is that a half bull, half man? Yes, it is. Yeah. I believe bull, that was bull on the cr- top and human bull on the top. Bull on the top? Or, okay. Party party, business in front, party in the back? Or? Yeah, like a mullet. It's kind of like so, the mullet. Yeah. Um, so what kind of poop would you get? Uh, it's, it's like a mullet with a bull, so you call it a bullet instead. <laughs> bull poop. We're looking for the famous favorite four words that Jason Reichard always tells us to do. Push the button, Frank. All right. Say goodbye, well, everybody. Thank you to all the panelists and all the <laughs> YouTube chatters and goodbye. I thought it'd be fun. Thanks again, guys. Had fun. Say goodbye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.